Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Napsai. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here to talk about the news of the day, he said. <laughs> this Very rhythmic and exciting yes. uh, oldie time bulletin you have there. <laughs> I live for oldie time bulletin. He sounds like an R.E.M. song is going to start the way you sing it. Yeah. Re- <laughs> Remember back in the day, you'd be watching your afternoon cartoon and be breaking news and your parents, my mom would get all like, what's happening in the world? <laughs> now we just go to Twitter. Google and bad. Uh, this is a rare occasion where the Four Center main show will pretty much be news generated. That's because, well, Joseph, we felt uh, the news was worthy of the focus. Yeah, yeah. We took a long, hard look 
in the mirror and said, uh, we're going to talk about that for a while. So let's just have that be the main topic. And, and we know a lot of you, most of you are wonderfully supportive of the long shows. And it brings a tear to our eyes. <laughs> uh, we feel this would have been too long and we, we do have stuff to do today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be blunt. Uh, I have a lot of things going on, as does Joseph. Uh, before we get started, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player a little bit later of our force center recommends a audiobook we think you should try out on us time to catch up on life adventures why well, apparently catch a breath um <laughs> joseph you just got back you've been doing some traveling a lot of things going on up yeah there. yeah yeah i had some fun life adventures and star wars adventures i went to san francisco to do a show in the san francisco sketch fest i've been involved with uh Sketchfest for uh, many years now. This is really fun. We did uh, a uh, this uh, show that I do every month in Los Angeles with my friend Laser Weber yeah. uh, called Game Night Variety Show. So uh, we did a performance of that, and it was great fun. Um, I always look for finding Star Wars in the world in yeah. my general life adventures, and uh, I, I stayed at a hotel. Got uh, lucky to have some parking at the hotel mm. uh, because San Francisco is tough, a, a challenging environment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in which to park your car. Mm. Uh, and there was a big van there that had a bunch of Star Wars stickers, all um, entirely invested in the dark side. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had one of those uh, license plate uh, wraparound things that said, welcome to the dark side. I'm like, okay, cute. Yeah. Uh, and then they had a support our troops logo with picture of stormtroopers. Okay. Uh, and then I, I had seen this before, but never close up where I could stop and uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I think it said the uh, the Empire does not care about your stick figure family. <laughs> and it is an, an ad at Walker just mowing yeah. down yes. people. <laughs> so the whole I've car said, one. hey, we really like Star Wars and don't get in a fight with us in traffic because look what <laughs> we we're saying. We're in, and it was a big white fan, too. Uh, got a black tinted window. So it was perfect. All in on the Stormtrooper vibe. Very, very good. Uh yeah, and then for life adventures, I um, I got to go to a place. I got there late on Saturday. I got to my hotel, mm-hmm. uh, and I just wanted to go somewhere easy. So I just went across the street to a burger place because it, yeah. it just had burgers. And I got there, uh, discovered it was a place called Bobo's Burger Bar, which is That's just fun to say. Inviting. <laughs> it was a little side restaurant down the block. There was like a nice kind of traditional steak mm-hmm. uh, place, and this was just a little corner bar yeah. uh, that had. All sorts of clowns everywhere. It was a clown aesthetic, but it was like more like jester mm-hmm. uh, sort okay, of, you know, so a, a 19, uh, 1800s clown, yeah. European clown, not, not uh, creepy murder clowns as we have. Yeah, I was going to say, today. I know some people that would not be walking into that restaurant. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it looks like there's a lot of red leather and it was very classic, very like mid-century. I walked in and Sinatra was playing. I'm a big, big fan you, of yeah. uh, Sinatra. Uh, had a great cocktail menu and it was it was one of those places you walked in and you'd go, Ooh, this is a nice place. And they're like, wait, something's, something's not quite right. Oh, there are clowns everywhere. <laughs> That's why it's called Bobo's. The clowns really <laughs> snuck up on you. <laughs> are, are, are any of the food items named after clowns? No, or? there's no, yeah, there's no, <laughs> why okay. is John Wayne Gacy the only clown I can think of? There's no Gacy burger. Yeah, yeah, there's no, <laughs> That's t- terrible. I apologize to all <laughs> other clowns. But yeah, no, it was, uh, it jingles, was fries, or yeah, you know, yeah. You know. it, was, it was very, uh, it, it was a small bar and it was very friendly, which I guess, um, would relate back to Star Wars. From mm-hmm. Star Wars has this beautiful, noble idea that we're all connected, and yeah. obviously, we all have lots of differences, and it's easy to find conflict, yeah. And I really celebrate those moments where 
I feel in a place where there is just a sense of easygoing community. There's like, there was one person working there mm-hmm. and he had clearly like played in a band in his youth. Nice. So he just kind of started asking the whole bar about the first concert they went to. So there was all these kind oh, of yeah. back and forth conversations and <laughs> the table next to me, uh, the people were from Phoenix and they started telling me about scorpions. Just the history, not the, the band. band. I was going to say, that, that, that could fit both <laughs> they, they They segued to like, well, we don't have scorpions in our house. And I was like, good, good. congratulations. But then they told me a lot about it, like, but yeah. our daughter does. Yeah. Anyway, uh, rambling a bit, but it was just, uh, awesome. it was a very nice, uh, very pro-social experience up That's, there in San Francisco. It's nice when you can get out there. And just meet some folks and and just be reconnected with humans sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not and it wasn't yep. forced or unnatural. Yeah. It wasn't like hey, put on your name tag and socialize yeah. whether you like it or not. Or it a just, podcast, yeah, or a party. <laughs> Podcasts are great. Yeah, structured. Yeah, but this was great. It was organic and lovely. How about yourself? What were your Star Wars or life adventures? Uh, you know, I did receive a nice little care package from a, a Patreon supporter Ooh. of mine over on the Knapsack File side, uh, Brady uh, Dugas. I'm going to say Dugas because he's from Louisiana and I think he's got a little French Cajun vibe. Oh, nice. It's in a box of a lot of cayenne pepper sauces and Cajun mixes and some praline cookies. And I've been to New Orleans once in my life and enjoyed every second of it. (laughs) I want to go back. I I, I really do love my uh, love my time there. I got to go to Cafe du Monde and all those things. Right. So I'm I'm like, oh, and he sent like beads because it's getting towards Mardi Gras time. But he also sent. Uh, a collection of Star Wars Pez dispensers. Oh, nice. Gold nope. ones? I think so. I, I don't know how, but I have a big collection. It's got Yoda, Boba Fett, Chewie, Luke in an X-Wing helmet, Leia, Vader, a Stormtrooper that looks like the Stormtroopers in The Mandalorian. Oh. <laughs> around Werner Herzog. <laughs> a remnant trooper. Yeah, <laughs> a little dirty. And... I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, but it's a lot. Like he said, and it was. And that's he sent, really he sent cool. me a Wonder Woman and Batman one too, nice. uh, which I have bequeathed to Matt Key because uh, they mean a little more to him than me. And the give the gift of giving, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so I have them currently on display on on top of my wardrobe, staring down at me. <laughs> and it's just nice to know. You know, that uh, cool Star Wars fans and friends exist out in the universe. So yeah, that's, that's really Thank awesome. You, Thank yeah. you, Brady. Other than that, I, I just working hard. I got uh, a last minute. Oh, surprise. You have a writing deadline we didn't tell you about, <laughs> which is always nice. So Aren't they fun? That's great. Because what happened to your notes? Oh, no notes. We'll get those to, to you later. But this is due. So <laughs> get on it. I've been working hard, but it's been a lot of fun and ready to talk Star Wars. Did they, when they said the, their deadline, did they say, also, we've been listening to the length of your episodes of Force Center. <laughs> we know how you're using your time. This might be a problem. <laughs> uh, or the fact that, uh, did you just go through another baseball season in MLB The Show? You might have uh, need a writing deadline to stop you <laughs> from playing video games. So that's that. Um, both of us there, uh, which also means, uh, I'll tell you what, still uh, behind on Resistance. Yeah, yeah, I fell behind because it's, I was, you know, doing a show as it was being broadcast. So, yeah, so. just a couple episodes left of the whole I series. I apologize to everyone. I don't want anyone to think I'm just, like, not interested in not watching. It just it just fell off, I think, in part because for the season, the second season, I still have to go to TV to watch it. yeah. And and it's so much easier to just bring up Disney Plus and go, oh, there's last season's episodes. So eventually we'll get there, I'm sure. 
I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, especially since it's going to wrap up soon, we'll we'll talk more about uh, some of the kind of big picture, you know, what did it mean to have Resistance in our lives? What did it all mean? And what does it all mean to have Star Wars news in our lives? It's been an interesting week in Star Wars news. It's been an, <laughs> it's been an interesting time since Rise of Skywalker came out. You would think... Headline, fake yeah, news. <laughs> you would think that the news cycle would kind of... We expected it to slow down. And in many ways, officially, <laughs> officially it has slowed down it has and we try not to go too much here in force center into the wilds of the rumors but we have recently and it's fun rumors and weird stories can prompt conversations i've always said that and yeah. always believe in that but we're gonna dive in a little bit deeper into some of the stuff here and i don't know i'll uh, joseph maybe i'll apologize ahead of time for being any grumpy at all <laughs> i think it's okay to be critical, critical. with seasoning how about that? The seasoning. <laughs> I'll start with something that actually, I won't say broke, but I'm just seeing it now. Going to our friends over at Star Wars News Net. Uh, I'm trying to find the original link for the story, but uh, we're just going to go with this. Uh, it looks as though our friends over in the UK and, and abroad will be getting The Mandalorian a little bit sooner. Oh, excellent. Well, no, March 31st was the scheduled date. Yeah. Get ready. It's March 24th. I'm so excited because <laughs> I think we, we've been trying to hold back on the main show about talking about it. I have uh, slipped and in, in said some things that I shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. personal Twitter feed, I have not posted any, any images of certain things Try that the rest to. of the entire internet has. And I'm yeah. holding back until that day. Yeah, it's hard not to, but we're trying. So uh, that comes out. The price point, I think, is still the same. It's basically 60 uh, euros uh, or six euros a month uh, or 70 euros roughly per year. You know, you, you choose the plan that best suits you is what we got. So that's kind of the, the early, uh, uh, the early time frame. So that's um, awesome for them. So I don't have much more on that. What do you think? about? That? I think that's great. I, I mean, I think it's clearly a matter of Disney obviously wants it available as soon is humanly possible. And I'm, I'm really happy that it will be available, especially going into the Clone Wars, going into Mandalorian season two. Uh, you know, I have felt a uh, great empathy for people who like, Hey, here's my money. Yeah. I want yeah. to see the star Wars at the same time as everybody else. I'm really happy that that will now be the case. Yeah, absolutely works uh, for me. And then for the two people uh, following the rules over in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> to watch it. All right. Now this is the stuff that I'm a little more prepared for. Kenobi, a lesson in fake news. <laughs> I don't say, first of all, our friend uh, Hello Greedo posted a funny video today, but a funny, like a true video today about uh, uh, the BS meter uh, that you might need to check on things. It's a price to go at $1,000. It's a funny little video he just put out. I That's watched awesome. it out in my car while waiting to come into the <laughs> studio here today. So here's the story. I think a lot of you know, but let's just recap uh, a few uh, days ago, earlier here in the week. A lot of us, and I saw it first on the Force Center Discord server. Put okay. a pin in that. I want to talk about that kind of thing. Um, a parody account tweeted out the cancellation of uh, a, uh, the Kenobi series, citing Ewan McGregor leaving for creative differences and sourced it to Disney Plus, tag Disney Plus. Um, the should be parody site, we got this covered, ran with it. Other sites and uh, website uh, locations and blogs and YouTube channels, they ran with it too, and then too many people fell for it. <laughs> uh, then throughout the day, the Brez, Anthony Brezikin, the rap, and others tracked down the truth, not canceled. And by tracked down the truth, straight up actual sources. I mean, they straight up said, 
like we have heard yeah. from representatives of Ewan McGregor. Yes. Uh, one, one, uh, guy I know at a place I used to work with, he just, he had called his contacts at Disney and they said, we're not, we're not going to confirm on the record at this point, but no, everything's, everything's a go. Yeah. I believe it was a rap. It was just like, we spoke to yeah. Ewan McGregor's representatives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 They were the ones who got Ewan. Brez did his job, uh, tracking it down. And by the end of the day, I mean, be- even before, like it was a pretty short lived wildfire. But then the it wild, felt long in my heart. It felt long in my heart, but also the wildfire keeps going. Because a lot of people, you're not following the Brez. You're not reading the rap. You're reading the headline. And, yeah. And this is probably what some of the stuff we're going to be talking about yeah. here. Uh, so, Joseph, what's the lesson here? <laughs> oh, I, I feel so many lessons. Uh, I am thinking of uh, one of my favorite exchanges in The Phantom Menace when you're talking about, like, all the news we have to cover is... Yeah. Not news. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about that. Well, is that news? And Sydney <laughs> says, I can make it news. Yeah. Yeah. So this is nothing, right? This was not even like, oh, a dubious. This yeah. was a parody site. So uh, uh, starting Dick with. Sussing film. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, they they look like a legit site that's um, called Discussing Film, but their yeah. actual Twitter handle, uh, yes, uh, is Dick Sussing Film. Yeah. So uh, there's that. They have 472 followers as of right now. Yeah. So on one hand, there's the like, oh, yeah, it was a parody account. Here's here's the other thing, and, and this bothers me as a person who has, you know, spent a great deal of their life doing comedy and thinking about comedy. Yeah. Uh, scrolling through their Twitter feed. Yeah. Every once in a while, one of their posts is kind of outlandish. Mm. But they do not rise to the level of clear satire or parody. Like, it's I, not like The Onion or yeah, something like that. The, yeah. yeah, The Onion. Um in other places have been criticized over the years for doing this because it, yeah. it's you can claim you're par- doing parody, but if there's not a joke, it's misinformation. Yeah. Like one of them is uh, recent ones is Tobey Maguire said to have a cameo in Spider-Man three. That's not outlandish. Yeah, that's not a joke. You know, when right now everything in MCU is in Sony relationship is who is doing what mm. into the Spider-Verse opened up the idea of, ooh, could the idea of a Spider-Verse ever come to MCU? Like, there's nothing outlandish about it. There's nothing yeah. joke. It's like, it's not like they posted, uh, Toby Maguire has signed so that only his butt will appear <laughs> in Spider-Man 3 or like something absurd. Yeah. So on the one hand, it's like, don't, let's not fall for the parody accounts. On the other uh, hand, yeah. like, you know what, maybe... Make sure that you don't see something as irresponsible. Like, yeah. I, maybe is it worth muting or blocking? Dick Sussing films uh-huh. who are clearly trying to get. I mean, maybe they intended as a joke, but for me, it's like if you don't even try to, yeah, be satire or parody, but just even the Kenobi thing as you read it, like, there, where's the parody? Where's the parody? Where's the parody? Like, yeah. Ewan McGregor is still mad about his mullet in Attack of the Clones. Decides not to do Kenobi. Right there, you go. That's a joke, right? Right. That's not just saying Ian McGregor is leaving for creative differences. That's not a joke. Yeah, I agree with you fully. Uh, we we both uh, have a lot of years of comedy behind us. Some great. Uh, I've done some bad. <laughs> but this is exactly what you said. I, I went to it. And, so, and I, so I'll start. So I was on the got a notification on the Force Center Discord page, which you can access through our Patreon page. And I go in there and some of our listeners posted this. Hey, is this is this true? And I think that's great for them to come to a safe little spot that we've created, this little community. They know that you and I or Jennifer, when, when she's available too, we, we, we always joke we're around these parties or we're a little, you know, we're, we out here. We're working the industry. I'm not super plugged in. You're not super plugged in, but we know people, right? Yeah. And I'll have no problem 
even saying stuff I might not say on air in that Discord server of like, hey, here's some things I've heard. Because this was torturous to fans of Star Wars. It was awful. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And am I, because I, I saw it and I don't immediately pick up the, you know, the wonderful layered comedy of dick sussing film. <laughs> I saw it as disgusting film, which I, I don't know how legit they are or if they're a fan site. I don't know. Yeah. And I, that's not and a comment maybe, on them. Maybe they mean no harm, yeah. but I think there's harm there. Yeah, so I was like, whoa. And, you know, it, you, you race these thoughts. Well, number one, I really wanted this series. Man, that could be really bad. You know, maybe he leaves and they replace him and it's a problem. Or now, oh, gosh, now the conversation for the next two weeks is YouTube channel saying Disney can't, it doesn't know what to do with Star Wars and they're messing up again. And I just was like, oh, no. And then within five seconds, you can kind of see. But. So uh, I'm going to get off track here. To our <laughs> listeners, I love that you feel you can go to us and we will do whatever we can and uh, without telling you things that I feel don't want to – I don't want to ruin anyone's fun. Right. If occasionally I stumble onto something or you stumble onto something that we that we hear that we're like, hey, this might be true. We we, we want everyone to experience it as – we're not scoopers. We're not we're not news guys. We're, we're fans of Star Wars. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing. But I want to kind of clear it up. But also a lot of people we know – immediately jumped on the tweet train. Yeah, and they jumped on it in a very specific way. Yeah. Uh, do you want to, should, should we talk about this? Yes. Yeah, because th- this is, I saw some people doing the the vague posting with yes. Kenobi gifts, and, you know, it, there's a, a blessing of a number of Kenobi gifts <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that are stressful and negative, which, hey, I always like seeing a gif of Ewan McGregor, but just seeing a bunch of stressful uh, pictures of of Ewan McGregor of Obi Wan of something bad happening. Mm-hmm. Like I I I, I want to be understanding because I saw a couple of other I- entertainment journalists, some that I know yeah. personally, some that I don't, saying, "Hey, it's stressful for us to have the burden of hearing this news and knowing it's going to break." Yeah, and it helps for us to vent. Yep, by saying things. So like that's heard, that's understood. Appreciate that perspective. So I'll speak from my perspective. I think life is plenty stressful. Yeah. Without an entertainment reporter, you know, putting out something negative, but totally ambiguous. Yeah. I, I feel like if you've got the story, run it. If you don't. And you wait. can't. Yeah. Like, and I know it's a gray area. And, and like, like you said, some of these people are like my friends and yeah. I want to understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. But I, but just life is so stressful for everyone right now. Yeah. Why would you put out something that's just. I mean, it's like if somebody chose every day to just get up and every day I'm just going to tweet something bad's about to happen. (laughs) Is that a great energy to put into the cosmos? And an R2 gif of R2 falling over (laughs) after the job was shooting. Yeah, that's my that's my um, that's my uh, personal take. We're we're in this weird era. and, And, you know, that that term fake news has been around now for a few years and it's not new and you see the dangers of it and that's not i'm not directing any specific direction just you see the dangers of it because it's still that's why some of the people who didn't even vague tweet i saw some people we know fellow podcasters and stuff who just were like reacting to it as if it was true and that kind of shocked me but it it it, you just know in this day and age it, it it's still taken by a lot of people as fact. 
And that's why I'm saying the wildfire ended, but it's still kind of burned. I, I'll still see on my Facebook page, which uh, I guess I'm still there. I don't know why I'm still there. <laughs> I'll check in. I have a professional page, whatever. So I go there to tweet a link and you go in and I'll see people like, no, people I've worked with in my old job and everything. Oh, did you see this? I've canceled Kenobi. It's like, hey, it's like seven days after this has been cleared up. Yeah. And that's part of the danger. So. But I get, you know, this is a weird time where some sources, you know, you never know where people get sources. And we're going to talk about the big main story this week comes from a weird, weird connection of leaks and all these kind of this stuff can be treated real. So I just I just I was real disappointed to see people jumping on it. Yeah. And and to me, I think there's this distinction between an entertainment journalist hearing some rumblings, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting to vent or, or even wanting to prepare people by putting out an ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, something, something ain't right with the Kenobi. Like, yeah. and again, people have said their reasoning for that and I, and I want to respect that. So that's like one thing for me. Yeah. It's like entertainment journalists here rumbling that something's coming. The other part of this is the, we got this covered of it all. Yes. So, uh, if this, uh, Dick Sussing puts out a, a satire tweet that does not read in any way as satire, does not even, <laughs> attempt to be satire and then it gets picked up we got this covered is where i'm really seeing a lot of this and i have started to respond more on twitter and i have a couple of uh good friends on facebook Mm -hmm. who posted i even have a friend who posted uh we got this covered article about they're remaking jaws Mm -hmm. and then kind of said yeah and i know we got this covered isn't always trustworthy i just thought it was a fun yeah discussion to have and just like for me, I'm getting to the point of, of, you know, doing this podcast with you, being in this world, seeing how these things really affect people yeah. and seeing exactly what you're talking about of this is a site that is harvesting our emotions mm-hmm. for money yeah. in what appears to be either an irresponsible or on purpose dishonest way. Yes. And why do we want to? reward that and if we are not willing to acknowledge this site keeps lying to me about shark and space movies yeah then that then we don't have a lot of hope for the much more important what are we being lied to about choices our actual government is making and when and why and all those things yeah you know you, you can't uh disc you know every once in a while talking about star wars you can't just can't ignore the real world and yeah. the power of disinformation, yeah. you know, is something that Star Wars talked about, George Lucas cares about. Right. And you go real quick from people don't click past the headlines because they got busy lives yeah. and they just see Kenobi canceled and they go, oh, that's a bummer. And and they're not entertainment journalists or Star Wars podcasters right. and they don't spend the time to track it down, which, yeah, anyway, yeah, many no. thoughts. But I, I just feel like I feel like I, I want to be uh actively reminding people just don't trust things from certain sites note for yourself you don't even happen to listen to a podcast and go well yeah i agree look for yourself and decide should i has that has anything they said been Mm. true yeah are they the only source should i trust it yep yep it's it's even in things on the other side of my little in my, my, my interest right now is going on stuff going on in the world of baseball, which some of it is just cold hard facts of this big cheating scandal. But to watch that explode and explode on social media because people are freeze framing what they think is a wire under a jer- jer- jersey and it's a crease. And, you know, 
there's a lot lot going on in this. But I, I I watch this at the same time the Kenobi story is boom 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 boom. I'm watching people take some facts and take some people going. Huh? I wonder if they're wearing wires under their jerseys, which would make the problem even worse. To suddenly wonder if they are becomes oh they are because I saw someone tweet a freeze frame of this and I'm just watching it and that's just baseball and star wars yeah and so we are at this weird point where I, i'm with you too where i'm 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 with you too um <laughs> where, yeah it's not that i'm fighting against it just like being a little bit more bold of commenting to some of my friends or texting them man that's that's completely a made-up site yeah before i used to feel you could ignore it now with now you can't yeah and just on an emotional level just for me like facebook still presents we got this covered to me again and again and yeah it, Almost their headlines are great to make me go, what? No, to instantly make me angry. Yeah. And then before my finger can click, I see where it, it came from. Yeah. And it's very successful at just manipulating you, harvesting anger yeah. for profit. Yeah. And again, it's, a, you know, and we'll move on here in a second. It's a weird, it's a, it's a weird situation because, you know, the next, the next story is kind of this general rumor like story and it fuels our imagination and all those kind of things. But it's just, it, it, you, you, I think those listening, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. If you know the difference when, when people like uh, us here or other podcasts, or other shows are like, Hey, this is a fun rumor. Let's talk about it versus <gasps> this is a headline. Right. And it's like, wait, <laughs> can we all just slow down? Yeah. Slow yeah. down. Deep breaths. And who knows? Maybe yeah. something, yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's, let's move on. Let's yeah, move on. let's move on. And there's some other things that maybe there was some stuff with the crew. I get where maybe some. Uh, I heard some people tweeting and that out, and some silly YouTube shows putting that out. And maybe true, but that wasn't what this film parody, quote unquote, site was trying to do. They weren't taking real weird information. Hey, we heard uh, some people in the crew got put on hold for a little bit, which could be a myriad things of production stuff. They they just were. Straight causes. Yeah, I think I, th- I think that's what I was going to say, and I'll just say it in a very yeah. short way of like just always remembering that there's nuance. Like that report back in the day about a, a director being attached to Obi Wan became yeah. the Obi Wan movie is happening. Yeah, no, a, a director was attached. You know, yeah. it's like if somebody asks you at 10 a.m. like, "Are you going to have a burrito at lunch?" and you and you and then they report that <laughs> you might. That's that's good and true. Then I would. Like it to doesn't have- mean for <laughs> sure. Ken Namsock will be at Chipotle at 1.30 p.m. The, it, it was a fact that you were yeah. considering having a burrito in the morning does not translate to the end result. And I think that's where the headlines fail us a lot, too, yeah. because people want the boldest headline. Yes. And Ken's thinking about getting a burrito is not as juicy as meet and greet with Ken Namsock <laughs> at Chipotle 1.30. <laughs> Look, Ken attaches burrito to lunch is definitely a headline <laughs> I like to be. So, so speaking of that, let, let, let's test our own theories here. Go to the next story. This broke, uh, gosh, I can't remember now when it was before or after the Kenobi thing or during it. I don't know. Uh, Taika Waititi, who is one of the hottest directors right now yeah. going. Uh, people love him and just love him as a person. He's He is a blast. I have not met him personally, but uh, uh, my girlfriend had a chance to interview him for an old show she was on. Oh, it, awesome. It just, just just everything you'd want him to be. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a personality yeah. and he everything. deserves to be. He's amazing. Uh, so the, the THR actually broke this story that Disney Lucasfilm might be, I'm putting that, might be interested in uh, Waititi to develop and direct a Star Wars movie. And that's it. That's the story. <laughs> I clicked on it. I read the story. There's nothing else. No official comment from Lucasfilm. Uh Look, this makes sense. This would make sense. Absolutely. Why wouldn't 
They, they, they contact a lot of directors. I'm sure they take a lot of general meetings, and I think this is probably it. He just worked on Mandalorian and worked on it very well without giving too much specifics away. I think we're going to try to talk about how that will factor mm-hmm. in. Um, Favreau, you know, is probably looking, uh, you know, hey, gives him a thumbs up. We don't know what's coming down the line with the new films. There's a lot of room because I, I see a lot of the articles. No word if this is the Feige film or if this is it's probably something completely different or it's. Yeah. High Republic episode one, the <laughs> Republicness. I don't know. So that's the opening statement. Uh, what do you think about the story, this news? And we'll get into what kind of movie that could be if it were to happen. Yeah, I think this is a really exciting if it happens. I, I really like him. I think he's great. Uh, I think a Star Wars movie uh, that where he could really, you know, go to town is great. But I agree with you that this is very exciting and probably true news. It's well sourced. Right. But it would be bigger news to me if Lucasfilm <laughs> didn't meet with them to talk. Yes. Like, I think that's the thing is like, yeah, he is one of the groundbreaking directors right now who has this amazing record of he's got a very specific mm. indie film that's, you know, up for Academy Awards. Yeah. And he's also worked inside Disney's other big branded property of Universe of Marvel. Not to mention, well, yeah. he just worked on uh, uh, an actual Star Wars project. So mm. it would be shocking if they didn't meet with him. Yeah. Particularly if other rumors and rumblings are true that they're considering mm. a little bit more of an open-ended, that they're not just locking in a trilogy, that they're right. considering a little bit more open-ended of you make a movie, you make a movie, they're mm. set in that same era, mm. maybe they'll grow together. Again, if those rumors are true, it makes perfect sense that they go, hey, Taiki, you wanna you wanna make a movie about a smuggler Jedi? Yeah, cool. We'll see if it goes anywhere. See if it works. Go crazy. I like your take on that. It'd be bigger news if he wasn't <laughs> involved. Uh, yeah, it makes a makes a lot of sense. And we did. I just get, did get a chance to discuss slightly with Andres Cabrera on on our weekend uh, show uh, about what this could possibly be. Not even what it could possibly be, but. Why I'd be interested now, and this is when I bring up Mandalorian, he directed episode eight, again, trying to avoid plot specifics for the two of you who haven't seen it yet over in the UK. He brought an episode with a lot of action, uh, a lot of great character moments, his trademark humor. But above it all, he got a lot of heart out of what I saw in that episode. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I know that I trust that he would do it because that's what he's done in what we do in the shadows. He gets heart out of a vampire, the werewolf parody, you know. I think he could uh, really, really bring some of that uh, into a to a film. Yeah, uh, and I think that's valuable. I think Star Wars needs that plucky heart beneath all the action, and so that's why I'd have a lot of interest and faith that he would do it well. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think uh, I think he is absolutely somebody who uses comedy largely to get at truth right mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. i think everything that's going on with uh with thor in in ragnarok is mm-hmm. he, you know he's he's processing things you know there's he's got like some funny slapstick moments of mm-hmm. valkyrie tessa thompson yeah. you know doing a funny pratfall because she's drunk yeah but there is a reason that she's drunk and it's what animates the character and it's what she is working past and things like that so mm-hmm. in total agreement that i love the way he uses comedy we still don't know for sure what kind of a new slate of Star Wars films would look like. Right. And that's really interesting to me too, if they're going to let, um, not even let, if they're going to actively seek out, uh, filmmakers who have a really strong personal voice. Yeah. And then kind of freed from the Skywalker saga and then just let it grow organically. Mm. Cause it's really interesting to me mm. to think of his work in the MCU. 
Yeah. Because they let him kind of reinvent Thor in a way that works for Chris Hemsworth. I think they felt safer about it because Chris Hemsworth was so damn funny in that Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. That they wanted to take his character into more of a comedic place. And then everybody got on board. And because of the different choices that he made, Mm. uh, then that affected the big Avengers movies where they went in and like, okay, hey, uh, Russo brothers and, you know, the writers got a little bit of a different take on Thor. So we do need to make that work And it. And it did gel. Hmm. And watching that gives me hope for, ooh, that would be really interesting if starting from a kind of fresher slate, you could have different artistic visions and then they could still grow together. And how would they inform one another and complement one another? This is great stuff. I want to dive into a little bit here. And, uh, and also our, fr- our friend Alex Backus over in Black Series Rebels tweeted out, because uh, Star Wars great. I almost would be more interested in him doing like Indy 5, Indiana Jones oh 5. Oh, my God. And I totally yes. get it. I'm like, that would that's almost perfect. But obviously humor comes up first. Uh, even when we knew he was directing uh, Mandalorian, even beyond that, even when we knew he was voicing a character in it, yeah. the conversation was, that's great. That's great. We love him. But he's got a very particular brand of humor, and that doesn't always work. And I had that question. A lot of people had that question. Uh, he showed in, in Mandalorian Episode 8 that he can put it in there. I was a fan of it. I think you were a fan of it. I think you and I had, from our comedy theory standpoints, might have not have <laughs> – bo- I don't want to speak for you, but I, yeah. I didn't 100% love it. I, like, 95% loved it. Yeah, it was, like, 60-40, like, okay. uh, you know. But also, it's just like, yeah, it, it's it's fine. It was yeah. one specific scene, and the rest was heart. Yes, and that's and that that's – what it showed me is, yes, he has a, has a style of comedy. And I the first season of Flight of the Concords – uh, which I do believe he was involved in both both seasons. Uh, so I, I think he I think he was involved first season. It would make sense that he would. Um, I love that first season more than anything. It's one of my favorite perfect seasons of television. Cool. So I'm all for that stuff. But I, you know, it was worried. But he showed me that it could work, and he made comments that he was like, "No, I get it. <laughs> I get my style." But I want to go. I want to throw it back to you because you understand the MCU better than I did. You talked about this transition. It really was a pretty big transition with Thor. Yeah. The first two Thor movies, I don't remember laughing much. <laughs> at least in Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, I, and there are definitely beats of comedy, particularly that, that first Thor movie, they get a lot of uh, fish out of water, great comedy okay. out of Thor. Like, you know, yeah. there's a, what became a great gifable moment of, you know, he has a drink. He's like, I enjoy this. I'm paraphrasing. And then smashes the glass because that would of course be the Asgardian. You're in a hall having a party <laughs> tradition. Which, of yeah. course, is not a, a thing to do in a little bistro that he's right. in in a small town okay. or whatever. You know, so they get some fish out of water comedy out of him. But really taking it a step farther that he is not only that Thor is comedic from this very specific point of view of he is incredibly sincere. But maybe he isn't literally the smartest of the Avengers. They're like, yeah. And they, they follow through on that, uh, arguably. And people might have different opinions, but in... Uh, Infinity War and Endgame, hmm. where some of it is about his absolute heart, but also like, yeah, Cap or Tony wouldn't have actually made that mistake because yeah. they're literally smarter than Thor. So it's like a major character choice to say, like, let's reframe him and let's let's value him for all of this heart and nobility and strength and sacrifice, but also this level of, hmm. you know, um, maybe he's not <laughs> the sharpest of all the Avengers yeah. in an end game in particular, really mashing up the comedy of 
Oh, he, he kind of let himself go, right. which I know some people have, you know, some sort of body shaming issues about, but just for the, the sake of discussion, that uh, this idea that something like that, the comedy of Thor is just sitting around playing video games, right. is mashed up with, it's because he has severe, severe trauma. Yeah. And it, that's not directly uh, Taiki Waititi, mm. but that is the other creators because integrating- yeah. Exactly what you're talking about is Taika Waititi's comedy for the sake of heart. Yeah. I think it'd be, it'd be a wonderful transition to Star Wars on a, on a full two hour scale or, or whatever, or nothing. You know, again, this is just, this is probably just a general meeting. It makes sense. I know, you know, over time they're, they're going to take meetings with all the hot directors. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do a Star Wars? Come on in. Let's yeah. see what we can do. Maybe some directors that aren't hot yet, but could be yeah. made hot by Star Wars. Made hot by Star Wars. <laughs> so, uh, that is, uh, what we have for now on that story. We, of course, we'll update you. Uh, be careful what you see out there. And again, I make a joke. But that's it. That's the story. The Hollywood Reporter just says, eh, they might be interested. They probably talked to him. They, they had coffee with them at some yeah. point or in the hallway saying, well, you want to do a movie? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk to him. <laughs> Is he interested? Is he going to change his schedule? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's a full blown uh, movie. He's already written it and it's going to be enough. <laughs> but we'll find out. As as they say, as Ryan Johnson once said, if it's on StarWars.com, then you can believe it. Other than that, it's just fun conversation. So that is the first part of the show. We are about to take a quick break. break but before we do, Joseph, we'll do our Four Center Recommends, an audio book we think you should try out on us. That is right. We are going to recommend Bloodline by Claudia Gray, not only because it's a great Star Wars novel, but with the confirmations of the timeline of the sequel trilogy or the events directly preceding the sequel trilogy in uh, the visual dictionary for Rise of Skywalker makes Bloodline even more interesting because mm. it really sets the events in Bloodline as the beginning of a lot of uh, momentous things mm. in the land of Star Wars. So I think it's a really good time to check out Bloodline again or for the first time. To do so, download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. On the other side of this, we're going to take everything we've talked about today. Rumor, innuendo, facts, all of it rolled into one big story. That's right, Trevorrow's Episode 9 script in focus after this on 4Center. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, we're back here on Force Center, and this is the main story. And, Joseph, let's just pull back that curtain, as we do from time to time. <laughs> it's like the Snoke curtain, where you can see the uh, alien navigators looking to the unknown regions. Uh, we weren't going to do this as a main topic. No, we weren't. But then, just, man, we, we pulled back those curtains, and behind it was a mirror <laughs> that we had to look into. Yeah, and the, I mean, the honesty of it is a couple things that we prepared a different a main topic that we're going to talk yeah. about next week. Next week. Um, but this is juicy. It's, there's a lot to talk about uh, in Trevorrow's script in terms of how did we get it presented? Everything yeah. we're talking about the news of what what veracity level do we think it has and why? And what does it do to our appreciation of Star Wars to look at eight different versions of the same film? Yeah. All those kind of things. So, so I, And then the actual content. So there's a lot for us to talk to, talk through. So, yeah. you know, hey, two hours, sometimes 220, <laughs> fine. I think for me, four hours of a uh, four hour episode of Four Center is maybe a little bit too much. So. Would have been too much. Yeah. So uh, those were, were my thoughts uh, yeah. on on giving this a little bit more room to breathe. I, I, I uh, full support of that idea because when the story broke. So, again, the headline. Let's just get to the headline. Colin Trevorrow's Duel of the Fate script is, was leaked. And there is uh, a lot just behind that sentence. Yeah. Roughly, here's what we got. You out there probably familiar enough with the story. Two leaked scripts. Two leaked scripts, technically. Robert Meyer Burnett went on his YouTube show, Observations, and discussed over two days uh, a first draft we do believe written completed just before carrie fisher passed away in 2016 
Jason Ward over at Making Star Wars, who I don't know how he does it. I don't know. I, I've met Jason. He's great. I don't know how he does it. He, I imagine Jason is crawling in rafters and doing some wonderful, mysterious things. I think he's a, just a master of disguise. <laughs> he it's is. possible that one of us could be Jason Ward with, right. a, with a Scooby-Doo mask right now. Right now. Uh, he had uh, spent some time, he said, uh, with a, a uh, later draft. Perhaps Connolly, Derek Connolly and Trevorrow's last version before Jack Thorne joined the project. If you guys remember that, he was on board for a little bit and he discussed those notes. That's where the, the stories came from. And then, as we said earlier, something like this happens. You should immediately go, well, wait a minute. Yes. And I think you should still go, well, wait a minute. But enough folks have come forward and I don't have a list of when and where. I'll tell you, even I have heard through a secondhand channel that these scripts, particularly Robert Meyer Burnett's uh, script that he had, were viewed as legitimate by many people in the know. Still doesn't mean, and there's still some things I have uh, even about that. Right. But I'm, we're just putting that out there. This yeah. Is part of the reason, Joseph, am I wrong in thinking it's part of the reason we felt we needed to discuss it because there was enough people saying, yeah, these were, these were the scripts. Yeah, absolutely. When I first uh, heard about it, uh, in, in started to see all of the articles buzzing from it. I, I, my mind went to exactly what we talked about with the news of, okay, here's an article that is referring to one human being, Robert right. Meyer Burnett, who I know, yep. uh, and have, I first met him in 2002 at a convention. So, um, <laughs> I know I was telling Grace that offhand. It's like, Joseph's <laughs> known him for like 20 years, <laughs> almost 20 years. My God. Yeah. Um, but you know, you'd see a headline and go Trevorrow's script. And then go, okay, what does that mean? It means one person on a YouTube channel Mm -hmm. uh, gave us their interpretation of the script. It wasn't like he even held it up and said, here it is. And I, you know, I haven't personally watched the videos. Uh, so I, I, haven't I, either, yeah. I read some of the descriptions and, and things in the description made me feel like that tracks. And like, I, I think this might, there's some veracity to it, but I still want to be like, I am not going to trust Right. One source. It was when other people started to come out and verify like, yep, I think this is. And then, and then the fact that um, Jason, who I think has a, a, a good track record, yeah, um, had the, the fact that his draft does read from a plot point and from a, you know, unfortunate passing of Carrie Fisher perspective, right. read like a later, later draft. Yeah. Of the same first draft. So, yeah, long, long way to say, I think that there's reason to be suspect, but then there's also reason to uh, to believe that this is probably true. The reason I'm suspect and I I, mean, I take the I'll, I'll say this, I take both of these as legitimate. But the reason I'm still like two percent going on is a lot of the plot points seem to be in direct answer to people's issues with Rise <laughs> of Skywalker. And I'm like, how, how did that happen? Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. Know about that, I, you know, from a writerly perspective, yeah. y- you make choices yeah. and, and you only have so much room in a film, even if they went ahead and did a, the three or three and a half hour version, you only have so much room yeah. and you make choices And none of this. Yeah. This all just reads to is mm. writer choices. Yeah. Writer choices, indeed. So on on that note, let's dive in as best we can. Where do you want to go with this first, Joseph? Uh, well, this is- uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit. We talked a big picture about kind of why yeah. we're covering it, what the veracity level is. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, you know, you can still have your doubts if you want, whatever. Um, I think uh, to me, I wanted a couple of big picture points. Uh, mm-hmm. One, 
this immediately starts getting into the conversation of better or worse than Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And we can choose to frame it that way if we want. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars Newsnet, I read their summation of uh, Robert Meyer Burnett's uh, mm-hmm. video, and I just wanted to do a shout out to them. And I thought that article was great because it was just like, here's what he said. Here's and it wasn't said. the point by point, good, bad, otherwise comparison. So like, right. th- there's a big choice of how to view it. Yeah. Whether you just want to look at it as a what if, or whether you want to do the real compared contrast to Rise of Skywalker. Um, but regardless these are not completed films so yes. who knows what have what would have changed in more drafts who knows what would have changed in the actual shooting who knows what would have changed in the editing so i think there's that this needs to be taken with uh many many boulder sized grains of yeah. salt and one of them is this is not completed at all absolutely we've said it before you make a movie three times the writing the shooting and the editing so a lot can change clearly lucasfilm personnel had opinions on what they had read yeah <laughs> so yeah absolutely push back as possible yeah and i think that's another thing to think about big picture wise is the reason that this film didn't get made is lucasfilm at some point said this is do n- we think this is not going in the right yeah. direction and we don't think it can go in the right direction so for me it's interesting to look at it from all right if yeah that is um Kathleen Kennedy, if that's the story group, what is meant by Lucasfilm? Mm-hmm. Who, who, whoever that is, exactly, yeah. uh, said at some point, something about this doesn't feel right, yeah. and we, we think we need to go in a different direction. I agreed, and, and look, I'm 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 approaching this from the standpoint of I, I definitely when it started to break, I was interested in hearing about it. Uh, because I'm also interested in hearing any treatments George wrote for seven, eight, nine, or oh, any yeah. the original version of the Phantom Menace script or anything. I, I'm always going to be interested. I have that Dark Horse comic series of where they did the comic of the Star Wars, yeah. which is bizarre and crazy and doesn't work on a lot of levels. Only <laughs> because we grew up with the other version. So I'm definitely interested in it. Uh, there's definitely some things right away that yeah, and uh, yes, yes. If you're listening, Joseph and I are pretty positive about the Rise of Skywalker. We really enjoy it. There's some things in, in this script that I do like and, and a lot that I don't didn't like. But I, I do want to acknowledge that, but say we're not approaching it from a, eh, let's throw this out because we like this other one better. It's an interesting case study in telling the yeah. story. This yeah. Two different two different ways to tell the same story. Yeah. And we're, we're going to get into the likes and dislikes because I definitely have some likes and I definitely have some dislikes. Mm-hmm. But I also just uh, – two other kind of big picture things I mm-hmm. want to run past yeah. you. Um, in the big picture – like you were talking about re reading earlier drafts mm. of existing films from your perspective, well after you saw yeah. the films, this feels very different. Rise mm, of Skywalker yeah. just came out. It is controversial following the last Jedi, which was also controversial mm. following solo, which wasn't, didn't seem to be as controversial content wise, but mm. certainly was box office and success wise. So third mm. in a way, controversial star Wars film, in a row, it's still in theaters. Mm-hmm. And then we have the what if version. I wrestle with, is this the best way for us to enjoy stories? Yeah. Is to, this just, it, it, it uh, continues to make them feel like choose your own adventure. Yeah. Like, you know, the old Burger King, have it your way. <laughs> yeah. And is that the way we want stories to, to be? Do we want no. them to just look at them is, a bunch of pieces of interchangeable parts. Mm. And no. I mean, I, I have nothing against fan fiction. I have nothing against fun conversation of what, of what if, but this goes to that other level where yeah. this the conversation about this is so like, 
it, it, it's because so much of the anger about different Star Wars movies is this part of Last Jedi was fine, but X had to be changed. And this right. part of Rise of Skywalker was okay, but this part is unacceptable because I it gets so far away from a storyteller is telling you a story and then you receive it yeah. to now this almost like a uh, strange buffet <laughs> yeah. of options for a film that is still in the theater. How do you feel about all that? I mean, you, we still have folks that uh, tweet out uh, the, the last shot of last Jedi is the end of the Skywalker saga to me. Yeah. And I know f- people who like, who I respect, who have done th- very successful at what they've done in the business are like, ah, I'll never watch the special editions because that wasn't Star Wars. I understand these two points of view and they're very personal. I'm just like, man, I don't understand why you want to cut yourself off from what was presented to you and put it down on that map of the story and go, here's what happened. Yeah. And here, here's how you connect it to the, the rest of it. So to read this and go, I'm choosing this one. <laughs> it's just... It's 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 used. It's you're using using this knowledge in in a, in a way that I I don't a path I don't go down. Yeah, Anakin. Uh, that that's kind of I'm, I'm stumbling to say. Just like I'm fascinated by by this. I'm ta- I want this behind the scenes story yeah. of of these three movies, the seven, eight, nine, and how they were made, and Harrison getting a door dropped on him. I want all of it. <laughs> I think it's fascinating because I love that kind of stuff. I just, I just still continue in my mind, separate it from what I saw. So yeah, it, it's a slippery slope. Slippery yeah. slope. Yeah. I think I have a personal reaction to it from my experience with the prequels, uh, mm. that, you know, when I saw them in, in the theaters, uh, I enjoyed them. They were a big part of my life. I had parts that I didn't like and I, I engaged with them a bunch but I spent a lot of years rewriting them in my head because I like oh, this yeah. part, but then I'm not sure about this part. Um, and when I finally, it's kind of right around the time that, that you you and I started meeting mm-hmm. and, and talking Star Wars. Fateful beer at L.A. Comic-Con. A yeah. fateful beer at L.A. Comic-Con. When I really, and also it was, it was reading Chris Taylor's book yeah. and remembering how much, yeah, this is beyond maybe some stiff acting or some stiff dialogue because Lucas was frustrated with those parts of the process. Mm -hmm. This is exactly the story that he wanted to tell. Mm. And when I finally stopped rewriting the prequels in my own mind Mm. and just watched them for this story, flawed or not, that George Lucas wanted to say, I enjoyed them even more. I can't even say that there were things that I I saw for the first time. It was just that... I appreciated it more and yeah. I could relate it even more to the choices made in, in the prequels that are meant to communicate or rhyme yeah. with the original trilogy. And once I stop approaching it as, you know, this choose your own adventure for me to decide, yes, we keep that, but we keep this out. Yeah. I got to appreciate them more. So I kind of went through this personal journey for myself with Star Wars. Yeah. It, maybe to circle around this point a little bit before we really dive in there, there was a series of, of videos that went uh, viral a few years ago back in, dare I say, the early days of YouTube, but it was uh, a, a, a guy who did the, you know, what if the prequels didn't suck type of series and, and how, you know, what would we do? I gosh, I figured. I used to work across from him at Defy Media. I, he was an editor for oh, okay. like Smosh and Smosh Games and stuff. And I would see him every day. He was a real nice guy. I've been on some shows with Michael, I believe his name was. Really nice guy. Uh, so this isn't to attack him, but that it was like, yeah, that's a fair question. What if what if it went a little different way and they made some different choices? Yeah, your terminology and your title. Let's to get some listeners, whatever. But then when so he's not necessarily the problem. But when that start, that's taken as this weird fact. 
It's this weird fact in people's minds of, oh, yeah, what that guy said in the video was better. And it, that's what we should have built on. And now we're throwing the rest of it out. I just think you're, you're, you're losing out on the fun of right. what's been there. But that's some of the reaction to the script that I, I'm going back to that spot in my mind where I'm like, okay, I read some of it. Yeah, there's, yeah, and we'll talk about it. But then I'm like, that, eh, but just, I, you don't need to go that direction. Yeah. I don't know. I'm dancing around to probably repeating myself. Um, so let's dive in. Yeah. There's a joy in just embracing the story and, and yeah. reacting. And, and, not, and the uh, Four Center listeners know our stance on that. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, the, the final big picture thing that I want to ask you about, Ken, is mm. I do think there is also a little bit of a grass is greener potential when a movie has come out. It's still in the theaters. It's controversial. And then everybody's like, option B. Yeah. It. I think there's automatically, especially for anybody who, who disliked Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm the potential for whatever the other option is, mm-hmm. is the, the one that I, that we didn't get. And the one that has to be better because I so disliked the other one. How do you feel about that sort of framing of it? Well, there's people championing. This is better. And it maybe it is. They're championing it as better. And I, I've seen their videos ripping apart book of Henry. So, <laughs> and that doesn't mean, cause I'm generally, I try to be supportive of, I do like shaking, uh, uh, shaking safety, not guaranteed. I, I really do love that movie. It's his first big one. Um, so I'm not here to douse fire on him. Cause he's, he, he, he's, he's, there's some, you know, there's conversations to be had about him out there, but so, yeah, <laughs> that's what I just, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're, you're making a choice here. All right. You're throwing your money behind something, something else, but. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So let's, oh, uh, to say. <laughs> uh, let's dive in then to the actual content of, uh, both scripts. There's a lot of similarities. There's some, uh, tweaks between what appears to be the first draft and what appears to be the Definitely. final draft. But Ken, uh, what, what are some of the things that you liked I do like maybe this is a little bit overall. I do like some use of of things we're familiar with. The the Kuat shipping yard. Uh, oh yeah, is good. Uh, a battle over over Coruscant and going back to that. I I, I always kind of was like, man, I'd love to love to see Coruscant during during yeah. these times. And Coruscant appears to be in the first draft and then changed, changed right in the later draft. Absolutely. Um, I so also I, I I maybe about a year ago I had a conversation with someone that said. You know, Mortis was in Trevorrow's script. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. And to see it pop up again, I'm intrigued by it. I don't, still don't think it would have worked. I think uh, this is now a, a Apple, Orange, or, or Choice A, Choice B. I, I think a, a planet of Exegol that exists, it's mysterious. You have to travel to find it, but it exists versus where's Mortis? I'm trying to explain it to my dad. Mortis is it's uh, it's it's in your mind. It's kind of there, but it's kind of <laughs> not, not. And time works differently if you're even there. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, but I, I kind of pr- I was like, oh, that's cool. But you again, know. Mortis in the er- uh, earlier draft, yeah, not Mortis not, not, in yeah. in later draft. So again, like if you read that, if you read just that one or or just saw uh, the the videos, yeah. If you loved Coruscant and you loved Mortis, God. they weren't gonna be there. Anyway, potentially. God. Yeah. So the uh, the the drives yards. That one is fun to me just because it is one of those things that has existed in Star Wars, but not yeah. in the movies, right? So if you're if you're a fan of books and comics and video games, you're like, of course, yeah. yes. 
Uh, so it's always fun to see those kind of things make mm-hmm. their way into the the big films. Absolutely. And of course, and, and we'll say a lot of Rose Tico in this story. I'm on board for that idea, too. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, in my list of likes, that's my number one like, because I yep. think it's my continuing number one criticism of Rise of Skywalker. I would have loved to have more Rose or, failing that, a big hero moment for Rose mm. or, because it was so powerful, the uh, that's how we're going to win. Not by fighting what we hate, saving what we love, having that more explicitly mm. uh, dealt with in her relationship with Finn uh, yeah. would have been cool. In this uh, script, there certainly is more roads and she gets to do lots of cool things. Yeah. But I didn't get anything from this script about what would that say about her, about who she's become right. does she have an arc what is her relationship with finn it was rose doing more cool stuff yeah which i would take but there's also that question of uh, again how would that have ended up presenting right you know if it ended up there's like scenes where rose gets tortured mm. you know yeah. what would have happened if you know a lot of her stuff gets cut <laughs> there's a lot more rose in the script but it's because she's being tortured <laughs> i think maybe people would have been like really you just you know yeah yeah, so there's, there's always those you don't know how this was going to turn out. But yes, more Rose, more big Rose. highlight. Uh, other big highlights for you? Uh, I mean, I'm just kind of rolling through, so I'll follow you uh, on some of the lead um, Yeah, there. I think for me, one of my biggest uh, likes in this draft is uh, the idea of uh, Finn leading some kind of uprising of, yeah. the, of First Order. It's a little bit explicit in the first draft. Mm-hmm. And then in that later draft, it's like he he's kind of helping a lot of different people uh, believe they have a choice and can change and rise up. And then he has a specific interaction with the trooper where they earlier where they fight and knock the helmet off. And then that trooper comes to join them. So it's yeah, it's there at different levels in different scripts. Um, but this is definitely one of those. Uh, it was a logical direction for Finn to possibly go. So a lot of us theorized that possibility. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. For me, it's an interesting perspective on if the final film in this, you know, nine part story was going to deal a little bit more with uh, breaking the cycle. Yeah. It's an interesting way to attack it to say, well, a lot of these people who are fighting for the first order maybe don't actually want to be or don't know they have a choice. So right. how can we turn that uh, to our advantage? And there, there's a lot of interesting potential there. Again, whether or not it would have been realized. Yeah. Or whether it's just becomes uh, not a message of pacifism or breaking the cycle, just a message of, cool, some yeah. stormtroopers turn and fight. You know, whether it has the, the depth to get to what interests me about the idea would be a, a question of execution. Yeah, I, I was on board for that. I remember that, that photo he, he posted on Instagram, Boyega, with his hands dirty. We did something really cool today. And I, I think Stormtrooper Uprising was first on my mind yeah. and a lot of people's minds. We talked about it here. I think there could have been something in Rise of Skywalker a little bit more than we got, maybe more direct. So I've, I've seen, you know, if Janice said, wait, you're FN2187, we heard about you, and that helped us feel or think, okay, I'm great. But to me, it doesn't necessarily add to the end result in Rise of Skywalker, which was, to me, I just take it as there's other people out there like Finn, and that the First Order did suffer some of these kind of losses, which are now more great stories to tell. And yeah. It had been cool for it to come from one character, but it didn't, I don't need that in the story, but that's just me. So seeing it more direct in this one, I have no problem with it. It, it does seem like a cool concept. And again, one that kind of made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my other major like is that it seems like all of the drafts really work to uh, spread the legend of the Jedi 
and Ray in particular, and that Ray feels this responsibility, right? Which I, I think she, it's clear in Rise of Skywalker. She feels the responsibility of uh, of being the last Jedi and of having all this power. I think it's a central idea, right? But these scripts seem to really focus on like people physically seeing her out in the galaxy with a lightsaber right. and that becoming a symbol of hope and continuing that idea of, Oh, there's been stories that mm. the Jedi aren't gone and that Luke Skywalker stood up on Creighton stood against them. Right. And now here we physically seen this woman with the lightsaber and you know, it makes it an interesting potential, again, yeah. potential conversation about, is this the value of Jedi? Yeah. Is this, you know, continuing this last Jedi discussion of, yep, Jedi are, are people, so they're flawed, but the galaxy needs the idea of myth. They need the idea yep. of heroes. So seeing Jedi, passing the legend of a Jedi, seeing a, a person like Rey right. stand up and fight, those ideas, again, are all really interesting to me. Whether or not, again, the depth of what those ideas are to me came across yeah. is in a final film would be a different question. But mm-hmm. I really liked that they were so explicitly on the table. Is it the first draft or the second draft where, well, a lot of the tra- a lot of the drafts, the transmissions are being jammed, which is in a direct response to, hey, Luke's final act is being blocked by the galaxy. Yeah. I, it, it, in terms of the the uh, main MacGuffin mm-hmm. uh, or the main conflict of the final battle between the First Order and the Resistance being a block communication, that seems to be consistent in okay. both, both drafts. a block communication can mean only one thing the legend of the jedi must return (laughs) an entire galaxy Eh. um but yeah Yeah. understandable yeah and and i i like that message i like that idea that uh the first order represents uh you are just going to go along with what we tell you we are going to militarily take over your world we are going to control you by fear uh, what can break through fear is communication and hope. Yeah. And the neat ideas. Again, how they execute, the, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Any other, as you're scrolling through, do you see uh, any other big likes? I'm, I'm scrolling through both as best I can. I mean, I've already done this. I just, I just want to, um, it just, it just, uh, it, 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 this whole thing doesn't pop for me as, as much. Yeah. Um, and that's again, because, because you've seen Rise of Skywalker, you've seen it, you've seen Abrams in this version. So I'm trying to imagine some of the things and some of it doesn't work as much. And there's a little until it's like, I don't know. I guess I'm, I, it's hard for me. I'm just too in love with the idea of Hux is the traitor. He's dead because that's all he's worth. And I'm like, like get him out of there. There's so much to me that's and so here he's cool a chancellor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there's so much to me that's cool about Hux's story in, yeah. in, rise of skywalker and it makes a beautiful sense to me that of course yeah of course he would want to uh get out from under kylo ren's thumb yeah it doesn't even allow him to speak exactly yeah um all right so you are scroll i asked you if you had any other likes and you uh overall there's some good action (laughs) i do i i really do enjoy like a battle over coruscant yeah do love that idea. I again, like I said, I just I love even the two seconds I got in Rogue One where I see it in the background. Uh, I, I do like that idea versus, uh, but but I, 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 I yeah, I, I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, so it, it plays out similar to me with Lando kind of coming back. It's I, done a little different. I think in this script he turned. I don't want to join the, the resistance, and then he yeah. comes back. He, yeah, it's interesting because he's given a more explicit uh, hero's mm-hmm. journey type arc. 
yeah uh in these versions where he is in the first version where leia goes to him and tries to get him involved i can't remember in the last version as somebody other than leia goes to him and tries to get him involved and then he shows up with the smugglers in particular bosk right yeah what do you feel about that (laughs) uh you know i have i have bosk feelings bosk is one of my favorites i love bosk and i would be thrilled Mm -hmm. to see bosk uh back on screen you know, I I can't even begin to tell you the amount of time I spent with his action figure with a child and on battlefront love Bosk. But to me, this is a great illustration of, um, the current star Wars world. People accuse, uh, different moments of star Wars of being fan service or being member berries, or we're just seeing that again. And I, I, that argument for me personally tires me out because this is yet another example. Mm. Everybody who is working on these right now grew up with star Wars in some way and they want to include the parts they like. Yeah. And clearly Colin Trevorrow or Derek Connolly are like me and just like, we love Bosk <laughs> and we're putting that MF in there somehow. Yeah. So for me it, yeah. It, personally, yeah, I would have loved to see Bosk if this was the movie got that, that got made and came out. Yeah. I feel like we would be having, There'd be so many memes about member Bosk, member Bosk. This is just fan service. It's another yep. member. So uh, th- that is a long way to say it. I think if this movie got made exactly as it is, yeah, the grass would not be greener. The grass would be exactly the same. I yep. think a lot of the same mm. concerns and, and yeah, dislikes yeah. would be being discussed. And Bosk is a shining example of, uh, it's just the same thing again. That, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. There's a weird, there was a weird selection process in what people consider fan service or not. Yeah. <laughs> so in a negative way. Yeah. There's a weird, yay, boo. And you're like, what? It's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Evzen and Ponda Baba are not there because yeah. Lucasfilm has a fan service list. <laughs> yeah. It's because, you know, Gareth Edwards is a nerd who loved yep. those characters. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, those are my feelings on Bosk. <laughs> yeah, no, they're in a line. Again, I wouldn't have, you know, it's like Wedge. I love the Wedges there. It's great. I love the Wedges there. Other, other people might mean nothing to them and everything. But No, it's um, like, I'm sure people like, why are, you know, mm-hmm. seven people in this theater cheering for a middle-aged man? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. So uh, give or take Bosk, but I, I, it absolutely would have caused that conversation. Yeah. Either yeah. way. But for that Lando arc, it feels very similar. It's just condensed in in yeah. Rise of Skywalker, where he doesn't need to go through a huge emotional journey. He needs Ray to say that one line to him of, "Why don't you give your regards to Leia yourself?" Yeah, uh, and he's like, eh, "You're right." You know, <laughs> just plays. Yep, yeah. again. All right, yeah. This is weird. this is going to be me going again. I've seen it, so it plays differently in my head. But I just like I think Lando has real powerful moments in, in Rise of Skywalker, and I think it is a big distinction that Lando brings the smugglers yep. versus Lando brings yes. the citizens of the core planets. Thank you. Yes, means more. the people means way more. Yeah, yeah. And again, who knows what would have happened? All right, so okay. um, I got I got some some dislikes as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, as we always do on Ford Center, we'll try to be positively negative. uh, Positively negative. (laughs) (laughs) If you are somebody who loves this uh, version of the script, 
you know, totally understand. Love it. These, these are uh, our takes. Yes. You know? All right. So. Love what uh, you love, friends. With that, uh, one of my first dislikes is in both the draft that was written before the, you know, untimely and unfortunate passing of Carrie Fisher and in the later version where it feels like they were trying to mm-hmm. work around in a way. I feel like Leia has so much less weight in this script. Mm-hmm. And that is one of my number top 10, top five, top two favorite things about the rise of Skywalker is saying in 1980, Yoda said, no, there is another. Mm-hmm. And here in 2019, we are going to absolutely 100% fulfill that promise. We are banging that drum on force center, the fulfillment of Leia as as yeah. the other one. It's important. Yeah. So remember we had heard uh, before she passed away, she was going to be the focal point of nine. If it, it, this is the draft that, that you're getting that information off of, lies. Lies. All lies. She's not the focal point. In, I'm going off the first draft. Yeah. In, in the in the final draft for me is even less good. They didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know how to handle it. And, and, and you know, we don't know how they were going to execute these scenes. If it was, you know, again, we, similar we text, don't. Similar way, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who knows? We, we don't know. Maybe it maybe it was going to be. You know, a, a voice actor doing an impression because they certainly mm-hmm. seem to have Leia expressing things that I have no idea if there's footage of Carrie Fisher saying these things. Right. Um, Mind you, having to deal with it's very hard. I'm not even swiping at Trevorrow and Connolly. No. I just think if you're looking at the two, I think Abrams had a plan for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that's just the straight compare contrast. Yeah. Now, taking, taking Rise of Skywalker out of it, if we've never seen Rise of Skywalker and we knew that Han has a in the force awakens has a complete journey, a complete arc. He has right. a meaningful end and a connection with Kylo. Luke is arguably the main character of the last Jedi. Yeah. You know, or at least of equal par, he goes through an entire journey. Yeah. That first draft script, if it was written when Carrie Fisher was still alive, she doesn't have that kind of depth of a, mm. of a journey. So mm. I, what, that, that would be a critique for me if I was just reading the script and, and Carrie Fisher, you know, I so wish that she had lived to, to do any right. version of these films, yep. but like there wasn't much more. Th- and also to yell at people after last Jedi uh, <laughs> and rise of Skywalker. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. And her takes on Alden Ehrenreich as, as solo, I think would have been yeah. charming as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I just, there's, there's not, there's not a, an examination of, you know, her her legacy of what the character of Leia means to the entire saga. I, yeah. I, I feel not even with the scenes we got in Rise of Skywalker, but y- you know, y- you talk so eloquently about the two lightsabers being the embodiment of that fulfillment. Of, yeah, of the other one, it's the Skywalker twins, twins, and it had together. to be the twins, or everything that Ray accomplished could not have happened. Leia has to exist. She is a Jedi master. She doesn't need. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, Because she understands the philosophy and Mm -hmm. and can pass it to Ray and guide her. Anyway, um, there's another Leia thing a little bit later that I also dislike from the final draft. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, Her, her perspective on Kylo. Yeah. Right. I was kind of in that spot. Yep. Yeah. Um, So in the, Earlier draft, uh, Kylo, uh, uh, shorthand, for in that earlier draft, there seems to be communicated both Kylo and Rey kind of straining against their masters and wanting to find themselves. Right. Which, I like that. That's a continuation of the, the sequel trilogy journey. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but then they still keep encountering other masters. Right. They keep talking to Luke, and and there's the thing where Kylo goes to see it was it a uh, Vor Tor Tor Valum Tor Valum who is. We're uh, not going to work here anymore. Um, <laughs> Office space. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Torvalum uh, to get information. There's also Commander Selleck, so that guy better have had a mustache. Um, yes, I'm yeah. trying to find... Yeah. Anyway, my point is th- th- that first draft, they spend uh, some time finding other mm-hmm. mentors. Um, and then, which in the whole Torvalum thing in that first draft, is the one who trained Sidious... Mm-hmm. Um, which would have uh, for for mm. cannon hounds would have been big criticism time of like what what about Plagueis and if it's the rule of two how did he what's the because he was not a Sith he's seven thousand years old Kalu, Cthulhu demon yeah. what's going, which again like hey I, I want to see a seven thousand year old uh, yeah. evil Cthulhu demon in Star Wars absolutely bring him yeah. on uh, but I think people would have had some questions there in in fact that character has disappeared. By this final draft, um, yeah. in which I think the story group has weighed in, yeah, and there's a mention of Darth Plagueis in this, right, right. in Jason Ward's summation of the final draft. And, um, and, and again, Valum is not an actual Sith Lord, so it just takes down this weird path of, so, uh, uh, all right, who's Palpatine learning from? What was going on? Is he a Sith? I know he might study other things. Too many questions. Yeah, yeah, potentially. And then th- that final draft has the uh, uh, Solani Wren? Yes. Um, yes. So, which I, 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 from my understanding, and again, reading uh, someone else's summary of a script, <laughs> that person right. was probably a Knight of Ren since their last name is Ren. Otherwise, <laughs> it's, you know, big old coincidence time. Yeah. But functionally, mm-hmm. in the third act, in the big fight between Kylo and Rey, yeah. Solany Ren is used as a new big bad. Right. 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 Um, yeah. So it, it, to me, this gets to um, some structural choices for this third film mm-hmm. that I talked a lot about on, on my Star Wars counseling episodes you can, about Ray's lineage. So you can look that up if you want. But if you want to tell a story where Kylo turns right. and, and have any moment where Ray and Kylo kind of turn and face another big bad together, you kind of need that that third character that antagonist right and it was interesting to me that the this draft had a figure like that that was replaced with palpatine right controversial yes but a character with history a character with meaning to star wars versus random knight of ren yeah and i feel like if i think that to me is like if you need someone to function as the person who is absolutely 100% committed to evil, so it's a contrast to Kylo turning, then why not have someone with meaning rather than somebody we just met in this movie? Yeah, a a female uh, character who was, she she was a a pupil of Luke, no, no, sorry, I'm reading this wrong, Uh, that Ray and Kylo were pupils of Luke, got it, got it, got it, got it. Because I know a lot of these versions, the Knights of Ren are confirmed as Luke's students. Luke students. Right. Yeah, and there's a that's cool a fight where yeah. Ray kicks Top. their asses and, yep. and taps into some darkness. And that's uh, all. To your bigger point, I, I agree. This is why I, I've, I've, even though I might myself have a couple, hey, did they execute it smoothly when in terms of Palpatine coming back? 
eh, you know, here and there. I'm not, I don't, not worried about how or why, just that he was. Yeah, I could, I could, I can hear some of those arguments because I, I feel them too when I watch the movie. But you immediately just have a sense, ah, it, it, it's, it's Palpatine. You get the story. I'm not saying you couldn't have introduced a another villain. I mean, Richard E. Grant is there. He's not, he's not a robust character, but to have this one. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I could see, I'm I'm immediately more interested in the Palpatine idea. Yeah. I guess for me, just kind of structurally from a writing perspective, seeing the drafts without Palpatine reinforces to me why he is there because Mm -hmm. he makes it very clear that this is the end of a nine film saga. Yeah. He answers the question, whether, whether fans enjoy the, answer the question or not but he answers the question of who is snoke what is the deal yeah he was a puppet of palpatine in some manner and eventually we'll know exactly how but yeah. then he also acts as um a clear external idea of ray's fear of darkness because right. through all these drafts she's afraid of darkness she's fighting her darkness mm. but with the version we got in rise of skywalker Palpatine is this symbol to externalize right. what that looks like, what she's uh, really afraid of. And uh, without, without, with Snoke dead, mm-hmm. you, you need some other kind of antagonist. If you don't have that antagonist, and this happens in this draft, in both of these drafts, gets into one of my other major dislikes. Mm. If Ray, if the victory for the galaxy and for the resistance is defeating Kylo, then it makes the journey much more about Kylo mm. than about Ray. Yeah. And if, if in order to save the galaxy, Ray has to turn or kill Kylo, a lot of interesting stuff in there. Yeah. But a, it makes it extremely explicitly one-to-one similar to return of the Jedi. Yeah. And it also gets into some really complicated storytelling of Kylo's done some awful things. Right. And in order to save the galaxy, a woman has to save him. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker, they made, went out of their way to make Ray have some feelings yep. about Kylo and some involvement, but Kylo makes his choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, Ray is at never at any point going, I can save the man who has abused me yeah. to save the galaxy. And, and that's that powerful moment of, you know, I, I, I was I wanted to take Ben's hand. It, it's all right there in that moment. She, yeah, and she's and just telling you her face, truth. Yeah. He plays it so well, too. It's on him. It's on yeah. him. Yeah. But how, I, do, do does that make sense, that idea of if you don't have another antagonist, then you run into a situation where Ray Ray's motivation is so tied up into a choice that only Kylo slash Ben can make for himself? Uh, yeah, 100% agree with it. Uh, that, that, and the focus on... The focus on, on, on Palpatine and the greater evil and a long time, the historic battle of, of Sith versus Jedi is much more interesting to me and Ray's place in that than just simply, you know, and again, in both drafts, he doesn't turn, which is fine to me. He turns right at the end he, in, in both in drafts. Both drafts yeah, 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 yeah. But but he's it's, it's, it's kind of the same end. I just think. It's again. It's a re- big repeat of the beat of Return of the Jedi. In this final draft, it's it's basically yeah. the same of of Ray yeah. is defeated by Solani Ren mm-hmm. and Kylo jumps in front of the blade and sacrifices himself to to save her. This is which is funny. I think I think many people had predicted that kind of thing a long time ago. Right. He saves her last, but he steps in front of you. Know, uh, <laughs> 
a lot of this, I'll say, a lot of this could work depending on the choices of the actors on the set. And I have a lot of faith that Adam Driver would have pulled off some of the stuff. But from yeah. from the bigger standpoint, to 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 yes, to tie them up so much together, you said a one to one kind of connection. Um, it, it's not something I'd be as interested in. Yeah. Yeah. How lo- do you? Yeah. Go ahead. Go, no, just in a lot of the answers about him and maybe knowing the parents, killing her parents, all those kind of things, just don't don't work for me as as well as as well as I thought I would. I'm I'm a I love Ray from Nowhere person. Yeah. I still think she is Ray from Nowhere because I think she chooses that much yeah. like her parents chose to separate from Palpatine. I think that's some of the choices she makes in in Episode Nine. That maybe that's just me. Um, yeah. To actually, hear it played out. <laughs> Not as good as I thought, and I'm saying that as as a surprise to myself. Yeah, in in I think both of these drafts there there's a moment where Ray says no one is no one, and there's a moment where she yeah. connects with Finn and and says I I learned from you that anyone can change, and I like a lot of those messages, right. but not how they play out in the big like third act finale and what is meaningful. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, for yeah. Ray, let me ask you about this. So mm-hmm. in that final draft, both Luke and Leia, and this is the other Leia thing I wanted to talk about seem to be trying to tell Ray that Kylo can't be saved and Ray is continuing to believe that Kylo can be saved. And in fact, in that final draft, there is a mention of Leia having asked Ray to put her son out of his misery. So yeah. for me, I'm going to go ahead and say that's a, a big dislike. Yeah, that's a big, big no win. Yeah, yeah. So w- what are your thoughts on that? Uh, we we talked about going back to eight about... Luke and Leia do, you know, Leia's pretty clear on, hey, he's, you know, like, no, he can't be saved. And, but hey, no one's really ever, no one, no one has ever, ever really gone. Yeah. That's a pretty powerful thing. And I was wondering, do you, do you honor Leia's decision? Leia's feeling, is that correct? Um, but I think it's very un Star Wars like to just be like, done. That's not the message of a lot of this stuff. So, um, uh, I, 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 I think I, I like it more. Not just like it more how we got now, but I just, I just, it's not, it's not Leia to me, the Leia who keeps fighting, the Leia who keeps believing. Yeah. If that makes sense. And for me, I mean, you can interpret it however you want, but Last Jedi, when Luke says, I can't save, I have to face him and I can't save him. Yeah. It's an I statement, not he can't be saved. Luke is saying, I can't save him. And Leia Mm. is saying, I held out hope for him for so long. Hmm. And then that's when Luke says no one's ever really gone. So I've always interpreted that as you're right to keep hoping. So for me, that would have been like a, you know, a a sad loss of hope for Leia. Yeah. And in death, in death. And and then functionally Mm -hmm. to support that Ray is just going around hoping that she can save him, which I don't have a problem with. I think somebody being having hope that they can get yeah, yeah. to someone is great, but it makes the movie about Kylo in the yeah. star Wars story has always been, you choose, yeah, you choose your destiny and on in great. He chooses in the last minute. So then what has Ray's journey been about? If it's just been hoping, yeah. uh, she can change Kylo anyway, yeah. moving on. Um, let's talk briefly about the, cause there's more with Ray and she does have her own story not to, to uh, undercut that in these, uh, these drafts, but there's yeah. a question of whether we enjoy it. So she, she has in the earlier draft, Kylo just plain old killed her parents. Yes. Which has got some definite timeline confusion yeah. to it. Age wise of exactly uh, a lot. <laughs> when did he fall to Snoke? You know, yeah. and what would that put him? 10? 
Well, yeah, so he's 30 in The Force Awakens and Ray is 19 in The Force Awakens. And by the current visual dictionary, which they might have changed, she was six when her parents died. So math. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it. It there's there's maybe a reason that disappeared by this the next draft. Yeah. In the next draft, Snoke had her parents killed because who's having anybody who might have have before sensitive killed or might be a threat and mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. to tell how it's going to be executed. But she remains in no one. She gets anger from the knowledge in this film. She's tempted by the darkness because of mm. anger about her parents' death. Yeah. And uh, and then Kylo reveals her real name, which he knows. Right. Solana. Solana. Ray Solana. So as soon as I read this, it's like, oh, so a combination of Solo and Organa. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. why? And again, mm-hmm. a completed film might have told us why. Yeah. But <laughs> if, it, but the rest of the film does seem to to say we like the no one idea and we're going to yeah, yeah. make that empowering it's thing, thing. Yeah. that, you know, your power is your power. Who knows how you ended up with it? The ways of the force are mysterious. Everybody has a choice. Everybody has power. Hmm. But also your name happens to be a mashup yeah. of these other parental figures that you encountered in your journey. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, it's really poor. <laughs> Again, I am someone who has thought, said, even written about how powerful Ray from Nowhere is. We'll get in it. We can do we probably a lot more podcasts. So I still think not only is that there in seven and eight for you, it is there in nine for you. However, let's not let's not wag fingers. I am saying from my own point of view, I going into nine really love the idea. She's no one. But then we, we talked and I think you you said, I think the day after we saw Last Jedi, one of our first episodes, right, was, hey, you know, maybe she adopts the name. Yeah, because that, that just it just works emotionally. I'll try to make this clear. Help me through this. <laughs> If you are making the final chapter in a Star Wars story, Episode Nine, this wraps up the Skywalker saga. Whether or not that was in Colin's head and Derek's head when they were sitting down to write the script, I don't know because that kind of marketing seemed to emerge a little bit later in the process. Of yeah. this is the end of the Skywalker saga. I don't know if we got that initially coming out of eight. Like the next one's the wrap up of the sky. It was just like it's the end of the nine trilogies, but not marketed as the Skywalker saga. Take yeah. that aside. If you're sitting around as a, and, you're, and you're writing these things, play in your head the last shot. Do you want it to be, I'm Ray Solana. Who? A mashup? A what? Or, I've taken the name of Skywalker. Now, you might not agree with she, her taking the name. I know people have powerful opinions on that. Not here to say that. I'm just saying, hold those two in your hand. And you're making these movies and you're a big budget studio. And this is part of the reality of the situation you can't turn away from. Yeah. How are you going to end these two movies or the, the the series? What choice? I think you're always going to go to the choice of, well, the name that got us here. Well, the, it, it is a choice that is more defined, right? In, yes. And in general, you want to go for, you know, more defined choices. And again, yeah. some people love them. Some people don't. And that's fine. That's your right. And it could have um, it could have worked if if maybe I'm saying for, this is for me against someone who went into nine or, or maybe, you know, a year or so after Last Jedi going, oh, I, you know, take the name. Skywalker, you're nobody. Maybe if it's bad, maybe if Ben stays alive and I am now solo Skywalker Organa. I'm, I'm all the names you love. Yeah. I don't know if that would work, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to take a name. I'm just, so, Ray, Ray is good enough. I'm saying that from my point of view, when I read it in the, the version there, uh, on the summary, I kind of went, I don't like that. And I, I w- I'm surprised because I, I thought I would have. Yeah. If that makes any sense at all. When I break it down, it's, just, it's like, no, this is, this was the choice. 
Skywalker's the name standing at the end. Yeah. I mean, I think it is a really uh, a firm choice to say this was the story of this bloodline that had this massive impact on the galaxy. Mm-hmm. But what is the verdict? Mm-hmm. What does the name mean ultimately? Well, it means hope. It means wrestling with responsibility of when to act. It means taking responsibility. It means protecting and mm-hmm. defending. Fighting and fear, it this. and it means fighting fear. It means choosing who you are. It means not being predestined by the choices made by those right. before you. So this bloodline ends, but all of that spirit can continue. Mm. To me, it's it's so it's such a democratic. It's the same reason I like the idea of no one because it's her picking it up and going. Mm. Um, I don't need the blood to choose this name. This name means something, yeah. Because there are people who did good things with this name and gave it meaning, and I share that spirit, and I want to carry it forward. Because blood isn't what matters. Choices in spirit are what matter. That's the message that I got from it and why it's so moving to me. And I stand behind uh, kind of seeing the final shots and moments of that film as a little more real world of... of, of what they're trying to say. The story ends, but the... you know, the saga ends, but the story or legend keeps going. Yeah. The, 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 you're literally saying, yeah, the Skywalker blood is gone. Unless there's some cousin who is the unknown region yeah. you don't know about. But the name and the idea and Star Wars itself as a property is something that we loved and watched since 1977 will go on. It's a message to the audience just as much as it is a comment on the character. Yeah. Ray, if that makes any sense. It, it does in my mind. And I haven't had drinks yet today. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's literally J.J. and, and, and Chris Terrio and, and the producers and everyone going – Hey, this has been a fun nine movies. This family is coming in, but the name and everything you love about this franchise, don't worry. It goes on just like it does in the story. And I just think that's a powerful thing. And I'm not making fun. I'm not even making fun of Ray Solana. I, 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 I'm not. I'm just like, imagine that at the end. Yeah. It just would not have been as powerful to me. To yeah. me, to me. I know not. I know that's to me. Yeah, maybe there would be something in the execution that made Solano work, but just reading it on a page, it's an absolute right. WTF to me. Of like, it's creating connections to Solo Organa with no, yeah. I don't, without me understanding and the, and the final the meaning of it. You know, and I know that I can't remember which version she's got the future students, including Broom Kid. I think Blake. I think both versions kind of, end on Finn has gathered up some kids, some kids. and, and Ray is coming to join him, which I don't I don't dislike that ending. I, it's but I, I it, don't either. I would have been happy go, yeah, with it. Go ahead. It is a little too finite for me of here's what she did. What's what we have now is what you and I just talked about, this kind of emotional Send off and lesson. Star Wars goes on. The bloodline's dead. Also, the final shot is the twin sons and her and BB-8. And she's got the Falcon there ready to go Falcon wherever she wants to go. And where she goes, we don't know. You figure it out in your head versus up. Uh, she uh, started a school. Again, I got to assume she started a school. I think it's sometimes as, as, as a writer, as a director, as an artist, we should allow them just to be like, we're not answering everything to you. Yeah. Samwise Gamgee goes back to his house and his family. You don't know what he does right after that. Yeah. He might just garden for the rest of his life. He might go on crazy adventures. He might have PTSD for the rest he of his might, life. Yeah, which I'm sure he did. So figure it out. And I like the trust in the audience to do that. I, I think I've always been a little bit like, yeah, she might teach students. I don't want that. I always didn't want that. So this is a personal take. The last shot, twin sons, that is Star Wars. That is Star Wars. Yeah. Not gather around, kids. 
Yeah. Maybe she looks out to the twin sons. Maybe I'm being too negative and grumpy. But nope. but I just I, I like the open ending of that of the ending. Yeah. And the I, open ended. <laughs> and I think it's a different wrestling. I, I didn't see as much in these drafts of the um this question of the sequel trilogy of how does our our new generation mm-hmm. take take leadership. Yeah. Um, in having an ending where it's like they're already passing on what they have learned. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it accelerates it in a way. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't dislike that, mm-hmm. that ending. Um, and it could have had more weight, but I, I love the ending that we got. What I do want to talk about, uh, my biggest dislike, if this is okay to dive into Ken, please is the first draft is pretty explicit. The second draft has some other explicit moments that deal with Ray's triumph, her journey being that she is wrestling with the darkness, uh, with her own darkness. She's wrestling with whether or not she wants to Luke. There's a lot more Luke in both drafts, but he yeah. he seems to be uh, popping up to remind Kylo that Kylo has screwed up, and he seems to be popping up to Ray to kind of remind her to stay on the Jedi path. And I like all that. I like the taunting of Kylo. The taunting of Kylo is great, and everybody's like, we wanted to see Luke conk Kylo. Uh, yeah. Part of me just feels like Luke said what he needed to say. I know he yeah. said, see you around, kid. Yeah. He said what he needed to say. And there's a part of me is like, I don't, it sounds cool on the surface, but I don't know if I just needed Luke yeah. hanging out in Kylo Throwing in front of me going like, idiot. <laughs> Throwing rocks at him. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Episode of Paranormal Discoveries or something. Yeah. So th- so there seems to be threads in, in both these drafts where Ray is trying to figure out what it means. She's kind of pushing away the Jedi mm-hmm. of the past. Yeah. She does get their validation at the end in, yes. in both kind of uh, complicated fights. In both versions of the fights, she's grievously injured yeah. by Kylo um, before she manages to defeat him. But in both versions, she basically goes, hey, I have figured out this different way to be a Jedi where you embrace the light and the dark. And in, yeah. even in the, the earlier draft, Yoda's like, congrats, you figured out how to do something we we didn't do, how to not be narrow. There is discussion in one of the drafts about the balance of the force, how all that works. Um, we can get into the real nitty gritty. Um, yeah. In that final draft, Ray uh, ends up killing. And again, it's I'm just reading a thing, so I don't know how it would be executed on screen. Mm-hmm. It said that Ray kills Solani Ren in a rage of necessary darkness. So I know from previous conversations, you and I are on the same page. Mm-hmm. This film tries to be making the ultimate statement about Ray that the theory of gray Jedi mm-hmm. is good and correct. <laughs> and that balance is I am 50% light. I'm 50% darkness in other than killing somebody in a rage. That's the only action that I can see. Like, what does that mean? So it's a, it's a really interesting idea to say, yes, there's light and dark in the in the galaxy, and mm-hmm. were the Jedi just were were they wrong to entirely reject it? But what does that mean in action? If you're going to be fifty percent light and fifty percent dark, mm-hmm. and what does that mean for Star Wars and for the themes that Lucas has developed and explicitly talking talked about? You know, on the way here, I stopped at one of my favorite restaurant 7-Eleven and I grabbed a prepackaged peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (laughs) 
peanut butter and jelly. They go together so well, and it's a great meal. That is not how Jedi work. <laughs> that is not how the dark side and the light side works. Yes, the, the concept of balance is sometimes open-ended. It's sometimes confusing, because you'll hear George say one thing. You'll hear Freddie Prince Jr. say something similar with a lot of swear words. You'll, 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 see Lor- <laughs> you'll say, hear Lor Santeca have cons. Balance is a big thing. Balance is a really big thing, and does it mean the Sith need to be destroyed or not? Big questions that sometimes the man in flannel needs to answer himself. Um, I think this. Now I'll say I'll, I'll say a positive. The idea of Ray going to like maybe another plane or something and having a conversation with Luke Yoda and I guess Obi Wan and some maybe Ewan makes a cameo. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do that. I actually I I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I I kind of could would have been interested in seeing how that gets pulled off. But the moment whatever draft it was, the moment I saw that Yoda goes. Hey, you taught us something. Not that Yoda can't learn anything from no. Ray. And in Not fact, that, he, I yeah, think he, yeah, he, he certainly does from Luke, right? He certainly does from Luke. Not, that is not what I have the problem with. I think this showed a, a fundamental misinterpretation of what the core, some of the core stuff of Star Wars is that I think Terrio, I keep saying this at parties and I get almost drinks thrown in my face. Outside of some of his clumsy answers, particularly around the Kelly Marie Tran stuff, I think every interview I've heard Chris Terrio give shows that he understands Star Wars better than almost anyone in this new era, not named Ryan Johnson. I, 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 I've had people like almost spit in my face because they yeah. want to dump hate on the guy. And I get it. Some, I, sometimes I just wish he would shut up. OK, but uh, yeah. I think every time he's a, a, explained why I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I I, I I had a visceral reaction clearly to this. The gray Jedi thing is is opposite of so much of what is in what Lucas put in there. I yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Not surprising. We did that whole uh, episode recently. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was last week. I can't remember, I can't remember. Uh, that uh, about the Lucas themes in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And I am totally down with. If you do, it doesn't work for you, yeah. or you think it was executed poorly, or it's just not to your taste, that's fine, right? But I feel like from a like sit down in high school or college and write an essay, yeah, you can prove mm-hmm. that the mm-hmm. the themes are the same. You can dislike them; it doesn't mean the movie's good, and you have to accept that. Mm-hmm. But you, Terrio and Abrams, absolutely carried through mm-hmm. what Lucas's has put in the films and what Lucas has explicitly said in interviews. Yeah. And I feel like when I see this, when I see that this was going to end on a note of the Jedi failed all this time because they didn't somehow find a way to also use rage and anger and hate and fear. I wonder if that was the point where Lucasfilm said, (laughs) if you're 100% committed to that idea, we can't work with you because Here's the literal video yeah. where Lucas says, that's not the idea. Where Filoni mm-hmm. says, that's not the idea. Here's the previous movie, Last Jedi, where Luke really explains that nature is in balance. Yeah. And when we take actions, we risk destabilizing the balance. Yeah. The, the idea that light and dark are there, mm. but they are there in nature is... I think pretty clear in Star Wars. Some stuff, my opinion, some stuff, actual videos of Lucas. But what Lucas has been crystal clear on mm. is the balance of the force. That prophecy was Anakin ending the Sith because the dark side mm. is greed in the dark side. That's like you, with your peanut butter and jelly analogy. Mm. It's like if peanut butter was like, I'm thrilled that 
be, both peanut butter and jelly exist. So be it. And if the jelly was like, no, mm. only I should exist. And every time you tried to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it would just be jelly. And pretty soon the bread would be jelly. And pretty soon you would be, you jelly, would be jelly. Because there's... I mean, I almost am. But yeah. <laughs> but there's no... that yes. that That is yes. Lucas's take on it. Yes. And I'm open to a Star Wars story that says, eh, look, but... but Anger and fear, mm-hmm. those those are true emotions. We can't yeah. deny them. Yeah. Sometimes we're spurred to positive action by anger and fear. Maybe we've rejected them too much. Yeah. It's an interesting idea to me. But what I saw in these scripts is just, in one version, Ray just says it. I've balanced the light in the dark. Yeah. In this later version, it, she seems to use the, the, the power of darkness by... And again, I'm quoting from the way Jason Ward wrote it up in a rage of necessary darkness. Yeah. And to me, all the Jedi who have ever lived, Mm -hmm. Yoda saying, ah, we never thought to lose our minds and just kill MFers. Thank you for broadening our perspective. (laughs) Meanwhile, ghost Anakin's like, hey, guys, I had it right. I had it right. I had it right. Okay. Remember when I cut Duke's head off? Yeah, I out of, was right. Out of out of revenge, out of anger and darkness, out of necessary rage. That was necessary <laughs> rage. Yeah. Uh, um, and I know there are people um, out there who are out there who are fans of of Gray Jedi, yep, yep, and in yep. in I, I don't want to repeat myself, but I but I want to be really clear. I think it's an interesting conversation to say what mm. positive actions could be spurred by uh, light side force users acknowledging that fear and anger in those emotions are real and healthy. And how can we add that to our collected knowledge? That's an interesting discussion. There's a lot of, yeah. The story that Lucas has created is that the dark side is a destructive, uh, when, when, when used by living sentient beings on purpose, Mm -hmm. that it is destructive, greedy, all-consuming thing. And that you, you can't have balance with something Mm -hmm. that exists only to dominate. Yeah. It's your, to your following on the peanut, peanut butter the jelly. It's not stopping at 50%. Dark side, not stopping at 50%. That's been said over and over. Why do we go to the light side? What does Qui-Gon say? I go to the light side because <laughs> not to win a cosmic win. war, but because it's there, because it's there. Uh, it, it, it really would destroy. Now again, yeah, I'm right. You're right. I, 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 the conversations, uh, should Jedi get down with a little bit of middle, a little bit of love and sex. Maybe, maybe it's a conversation to have. If you restart an order, yeah. Uh, the prequels were not same. And this, and this sometimes not get, not get, gets lost, but the headlines of the prequels are often are the Jedi order was failing. The hubris of the Jedi, my favorite word showing up in star <laughs> Wars, all those kind of things. Um, but at no point is it, uh, that is the Jedi are wrong and the light side wrong. It is just, Hey, the institution, George was like a good thing got perverted by an institution. So, if that was the if Ghost Yoda was like Ray, we'd like to hear your thoughts on dating. Uh, <laughs> uh, we you're teaching us some stuff, yes, and 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 going to but but Luke and Last Jedi gives into that darkness in that moment. So what if he? So by that logic, he should have struck down Kylo Ren or Ben yeah. because it was necessary rage at the time. Yeah, and I don't like that. I don't like that take. I don't like that interpretation. I will reject Gray Jedi until the end of time. And I saw some articles. Because remember, I tw- we were getting the news together. I go, I can't find a person that's covering this leaked script without a real weird bias towards what's what they've seen before. Other than Jason Ward, I think was pretty straightforward. Yeah, the Star Wars Newsnet, Star Wars uh, Newsnet. Did, did a great job. I did. And you you recommended those two. So 
Um, I saw one that was just like, ah, it's really cool to see the great Jedi I talked about. And I'm like, I reject you and your hypothesis, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it is, um, again, it, it, th- th- that's what I wanted to say is it's not that the Jedi are right. Mm-hmm. And I think that we do see that in the sequel trilogy. For me, it could have been highlighted more. It could have been, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Luke and Ray could have had a more explicit discussion about the failings of the Jedi and why they're good and need to move forward. Yeah. Could have been more explicit, but Yoda admits failure. Yeah. That's his whole point to Luke of you, you made some mistakes out of fear. Yeah. Out of anger, pass that on to Ray too. So she understands you make mistakes sometimes and mm-hmm. you pick yourself up and you go. So they're admitting mistakes. Yoda is also saying, you know, it's the, the true burden of masters. They are what we grow beyond. I feel like is Yoda's way to, of saying, Luke, you taught me things. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan was convinced that you had to kill your father. You saw another path. You found another way. You taught us something. Yeah. And the voices of the Jedi speaking to Ray aren't saying, <laughs> kill, 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 Kylo! kill, 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 but only 50% of the time. The other time, be very kind. No, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the growth is their idea of attachment has entirely changed. Yeah. She's reaching out to them. That's mm. a form of attachment. She is trying to save others. The two symbols uh, show, uh, mm. the two sabers as a symbol show attachment, show yeah. more than one. Her connection with Ben being a positive thing, that they are there for one another, and it makes a difference knowing that she's not alone. I feel like there are lots of moments in Rise of Skywalker that are about attachment and about various Jedi explicitly saying, and not maybe explicitly implying Implying. that, Hey, we were wrong about attachment. And for me, that gets to what the Jedi are wrong about in the prequels. Yeah. I think Yoda is wrong to just go. Yoda is leaning on his fear to just see that scared young boy in Coyote Monday to go. Yeah. We sense that you're, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, miss your mother. So get out. Like, yes, they aren't, they aren't embracing the healthy reality that all mm-hmm. beings feel fear and anger. Yeah. They're only concentrating on their fear of attachment and they aren't seeing the possibility of the Don't benefit know. of attachment. Yeah. And I think while it maybe could be said more explicitly somewhere in the whole Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. it's there in the actions of the Jedi. It's yep. in their choice to support Ray. Yep. You know, the, yeah. Yeah, one of the critiques of the rest. It's there in Luke's victory, right? Right. It's the whole point Point. of Luke's victory in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. (laughs) There there, there, there it is right there. (laughs) Ghost Yoda and Obi-Wan in in Return of the Jedi. Keep slashing Vader. It's necessary rage. (laughs) Kill him and kill Palpatine. Now you're dark side. Oops. Whoopsie. But only 50% of the time. Uh, the, the critique of, hey, Rise of Skywalker seemed uh, like it was written in a Reddit chat room. Uh, you know, this is said by people who love The Last Jedi and seemingly have turned into what they once feared. Um, I think that ending is, it, it, I don't mean this actually too disrespectful to Trevorrow and, and Connolly because we don't know where they took it. Right. But on paper and those who are writing articles about, yay, the great Jedi, that seems to me written in a Reddit chat room thread. Yeah. More than anything in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Because to me, what I, I am intrigued by the, how do you balance the light and dark of yourself? Mm-hmm. And are the Jedi right to just completely go, no, 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 don't, don't, mm-hmm. you don't respond to anger or fear at all. Yeah. Um, that's intriguing. So when I read in the script, Ray say, 
I have bounced the light in the dark in myself. I'm like intriguing idea. But what matters mm-hmm. is what actions yeah. does Ray or any other force user take that demonstrates what bounce is in that first draft. I don't see no. any, any actual action. She just says it. Yeah. And it's a, it's an intriguing thing to say. And then in this other draft, the only thing I see is <laughs> that she kills the bad guy mm. in a rage, rage. because rage mode. And, and, and I, I, like you can, it's art and you can interpret it however you want. Yep. But there's video mm. of Lucas saying, that's not the idea. And there's mm. so much in Star Wars where you go back to, you know, 1980 and Luke asking Yoda, yeah. is the dark side powerful? No, quicker, easier, more seductive. So the whole idea that a Jedi couldn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. win without tapping into the rage of the dark side cuts against so much in Star Wars. Lucas, I mean, Lucas is a violent MFer. This yeah. the whole thing is called Star Wars. Yeah. It's not just about pacifism, it's about choosing when to act and choosing how to how? act. I, I, I'll say this and then and I'll shut up because I'm, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. There's so much in Star Wars 2 that is about why you act matters too. Yeah. If Anakin had been in a lightsaber battle just with Dooku and Hey, he got in a shot and he took Dooku's head off. Yeah. The Jedi would have been, that was sad, but Dooku gave you no, no choice. No choice. You did it out of defense of the galaxy because Dooku is attacking us. Yeah. What made it a step to the dark side is he was literally disarmed, uh, mm. and, and Sidious goads him into doing it for revenge yeah. and he does it for revenge. So there's Literally. these big ideas that it's not just about violence or pacifism. Yeah. That's a big part of it, but a big part of it is what's in your heart when you do that. Mm-hmm. Are you truly cutting some, someone down? Good God, the rebels episode with Kenobi and Maul. Yeah. Yeah. That's just out of necessity of like, I don't want to fight with you. I'm not even mad at you. You've killed the people I love most in the world. You personally, personally killed my master yep. and, and then the woman I loved mm-hmm. and I heard, hold no malice to you. I don't want to fight. I'm protecting this young boy and you just threatened to kill him. I don't hate you. In fact, I'll, I'll cradle you and try to make you feel better, but I do need to end you. I do need to end you. And to say that <laughs> that is wrong yeah, because Obi-Wan would have needed 50% rage right to accomplish that is that is personally not the star wars that i cherish uh yeah yeah it is the most perhaps one of the most powerful luke skywalker content out there is that battlefront 2 uh, they gave me no choice we have to make the choice to be better i, I suggest you all just go play battlefront 2 story mode to get that scene i believe mitch dyer and walt williams are tapped into what it really means and also found a way to answer for video game violence and, and this isn't a that's a weird phrase for me to maybe use, but like to be like, yeah, cause, cause fallen order has some, I'm, I've talked with a few people who are like, oh, fallen order is great, man. I, I'm sh- sure hacking a lot of people who <laughs> beg for mercy. <laughs> and, and fallen order is so well written in terms of its philosophy it towards the force and the Jedi in all the scenes. But then in the action, it, it has that tension that's alive in star Wars of <laughs> it's mostly about pacifism and doing things for defense and knowledge and in kindness and empathy, but it's called wars and that's fun. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's why we're here. So yeah, I want to play a video game where I can uh, mm-hmm. hack people apart, but Jesus, it is. I killed a lot of animals who are just like, <laughs> 
am I near there young? And I had to cut you in half and you exploded everywhere. And then like, yeah. Text from our pal, Billy Patterson, who just goes, Hey man, I, I, I get a text. I just looked down and goes, I would not consider myself a, a giant animal activist, but I am tired <laughs> of killing animals on this game. I know. Right. And I just think you go again, it's a video game. So you don't want to read too much into that, but that's why I love that moment. Uh, of Luke and Del Mico and the choice to be better and and the choice you, choices in front of you your actions and how you do it it all it's all there and what I saw in this would have would have just counteracted it in a lot of a lot of a lot of ways Love yeah it. yeah uh, I know I know I ranted a lot I, no no passionate no. passionate yeah. about about yeah. the what what the balance between the light and the dark uh, you know really really means yeah. Um, any other uh, thoughts that you want to share as we yeah, wrap up talking did, about look, this? Again, overall, this is, you know, especially the f- both these drafts are, are early drafts. Jack Thorne was brought on to pick up the ball from where these guys rode. Then you go to the, 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 the production and things are going to change. So I am so curious. I'm, I'm at kind of in a weird way. Glad it's out there so you can see and get some thought process into what doesn't work for Lucasfilm's mind or what does work. Uh, I don't have any uh, malice or ill will towards Connolly and Trevorrow. They did what they were asked to do, and then it didn't work out. I think a lot, like with a lot of things, it's how a lot of people react to it that gets me into that necessary rage, um, <laughs> which I've got to check myself. Uh, i got to go have more peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to monitor you. Yeah. It's okay to be rageful 50% of the time. 51% can. Uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. There's some sequences alike. I like. Battle over Car- Coruscant, I would have loved that. Yeah, I, chewing I, an X-Wing, fun. Chewing an X-Wing. Uh, a lot uh, of great stuff. More R2, R2 flashing through memories of the past, potentially really interesting. Potentially really interesting. I also think I could have... I could have seen every uh, uh, think piece about how really stupid it was to have R2 just give a highlight reel. If it, if it, was, if it was done if wrong. If it was done wrong, it would have yeah. been like, absolutely. Is this yeah. a senior party? Is this the yearbook <laughs> office throwing a, a party? I hope you had the time yeah, of your, your life. I hope you had the saga <laughs> of your life. Uh, yeah, so, I, but yeah, you're right. Again, how, how that plays out. So, overall, some good things. Uh, Luke, Yoda, Obi-Wan having a... Gandalf the Grey becoming Gandalf the White conversation with Ray. I'm 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 intrigued. The idea of Mortis or another weird planet. I'm intrigued, but overall, in the end, um, yeah, yeah, I'm happy. It's a draft. Yeah, I think the the big picture things for me are th- uh, it is interesting to see scripts that uh, feel like they they don't have a couple of the things that I love the most about yeah. Rise of Skywalker, which is really handling Leia's legacy. In elevating her. And also, I think a huge amount of the rise of Skywalker being structured the way it is, Mm -hmm. is a really conscious choice to say, we're going to do some stuff with Finn. We're going to do some stuff with Poe. We're going to make sure that that Kylo finishes his personal arc of redemption or not, his choices. But big picture, this is Ray's movie. And we're really going to structure things to move other stuff out of the way. And Palpatine being the big bad and her being the granddaughter of Palpatine, again, totally understand why it doesn't work for, uh, for some people, but as a choice, it centers Ray as the main character. Yeah. She is tied to the actual external threat, the big bad that needs to be defeated. And he is this easy, direct way to externalize that her journey is, figuring out who she wants to be for herself. Does she want to give in to her own rightful anger that she owns from life experience? Mm -hmm. Does she want to follow 
these natural inclinations she has towards kindness and empathy. Mm -hmm. And so much of the film is just built around like, let's make that the unquestionable main point. Yep. Of this, of this movie. And that's why I'm, yeah. I'm really happy it landed on. Yeah. All right. I have one last thing to ask you about because I just saw my note and I forgot about it because there's so me. much. Hit me. Both of these drafts have a Poe and Ray maybe kind of some romance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in one version, uh, Ray tries to mind trick Poe to let her finish her journey mm. on herself and, and it's almost a kiss. Mm. Jason Ward has it written in the final draft that... Uh, Poe doesn't want to go, but Ray kisses him and makes him go away. And I didn't mm. know, I, you know, again, that's a sentence from one mm. other person reading the script. So I don't know. Is that, is, yeah. that a, is that a creepy Superman two thing where you can kiss people and make <laughs> them forget stuff? Uh, <laughs> uh, watch that movie. Uh, New kids. force power. Forget, forget me not kiss. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's, a, it's old Superman power mm. from Superman two. It's yep. a hell of a thing, kids. Uh, <laughs> so beyond the question of how it would be executed, it mm. seems like both drafts have a, um, yeah, no, she's close to Finn and they've mm. got some cool moments and, yeah. oh, she's got this specific dynamic with Kylo, but not going anywhere near Raylo in, in these yeah. drafts. It, it doesn't feel like, yeah. but there's some, there's some chemistry between Poe and Ray. I, I'm okay with the chemistry. Uh, I, I, again, like really the difficult, difficult man thing plays out really well for me. Uh, I love that Poe is kind of grumpy with her for, not going on like you need to be out there where in some of these versions he's like no you you need to be safe and 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 your secret weapon we need and i don't have super bad problem with that i just like how it plays out you talked about it, it really kind of connects to han han would be like luke where are you you're off training we need you to win a battle it connects to it connects yeah. to luke yeah going in octo and her saying mm-hmm. you know i, I don't I, i'm wrestling with the responsibility of this power and i yeah. don't know when and how to use it so yeah, I don't need that. Plus, you know, uh, I was checking both drafts. No Zori Bliss, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. I'm no out. Zori Bliss? No no Zori Bliss. Okay. No, no. That's too bad. No beautiful, beautiful line <laughs> delivery of, want to come with me? Want to come with me? Uh, no. Hey, hey. hey, hey. Well, who knows? Yeah. Maybe maybe that is one of the lines of dialogue that was uh, <laughs> was taken. Maybe. Because there is some other tiny creature mentioned somewhere. Maybe there that is. was There's uh, a proto, uh, proto Babu Frick. Black, black. Yeah, <laughs> go blank, blank, blank. Um, yeah, so I, I guess uh, for me, uh, my final thought is obviously everybody can read these for themselves, have their different mm-hmm. opinions and go, oh, it would be great if that was there. Great if that was there. But in terms of taking a big step back mm-hmm. in terms of the dialogue of uh, in the Star Wars fan community, I I strongly feel like if this movie had got made, there would be just as much vitriol mm-hmm. because if Poe and Ray had a romance and there was not a whiff of Raylo, mm-hmm. that would have been mm-hmm. a huge, huge Bad. dividing thing. Mm-hmm. If Leia's last message was, Ray, I just need you to kill my son. Mm-hmm. That would have been a, a very divisive thing. If there had been general, any sort of canon breaking thing on what the rule of two means, that would have been divisive. Mm-hmm. So, I guess for me, it's just, it's tempting to say the grass is greener. Yeah. This one's more intriguing because it's the one that didn't get made. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, kind of human psychology. Yep. It's tempting to do that, but I think it's also true that this one would have been just as divisive. And it's 
just I think a part of where the end of the Skywalker saga got is that it's not too big to fail. It's uh, too big to entirely succeed. It does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because too many people want too many different things and have too many hopes and dreams and attachments, and and no, mm-hmm. no version of this final chapter was going to be like the Mandalorian because it couldn't be right fresh and and new and, and free of expectations. It, everybody would have had strong opinions about every yeah. choice. Absolutely agree. And, and again, we would have loved to, you know, I would have waited to wait, would have waited to see how it played out. Obviously we won't get that chance. Well, excuse me. Won't get that chance. I'm choking <laughs> on my own 50% of rage, um, but <laughs> it's anyways, the jelly. I agree. I the agree. Jelly burp. All right. That's it for my thoughts. That's it for mine. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. No, we're going to move on to uh, the power of the light side. Real quickly, this is our segment uh, fueled by you out there who support us on Patreon. Joseph, uh, you put a call out recently for stories yeah. about the power of the light side. Do you want to read? Want, or should I read? Yeah. What, yeah. Uh, why don't you, why don't you okay. go ahead and read? Kyle Barrett asks, uh, writes, uh, not ask, we have questions later. I loved my Attack of the Clones lunchbox. It was just a cheap plastic box with a thin sticker on the side, but was important to me. I was seven when the film came out and struggling at school. I have Asperger's and selective mutism and found it hard to communicate. But my teacher, Mr. Till, noticed my lunchbox and got me talking through Star Wars, my greatest love. He invited some other students over and through talking about Star Wars, the only thing I found talking about easy. They became good friends for all my school years. And at the end of most days, Mr. Till would say to me, may the force be with you. This wasn't mocked by the other students, but instead embraced because they knew it helped me. Through Star Wars and the help of Mr. Till, I was able to show who truly, who I truly was at school, and it all started with that tatty old <laughs> lunchbox. That lunchbox shouted out how much I love Star Wars when I lacked the ability to do so myself. And seeing kids today with Star Wars branded products never fails to make me smile. That's some powerful stuff, Kyle. Absolutely Man, beautiful. Great stuff. Man, yeah, it's really in- incredibly uh, well said and what a mm. great and interesting life experience. Mm. I, 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 this is why my th- approach to discussing media has changed over the years, not just in Star Wars, because I could be fun and snarky, you know, off some jokes and I used to do the news on Schmoes and it was a little snarky, but you have to be aware. It doesn't mean you can't, doesn't mean there aren't bad movies and you can't give you know a, a d plus critic score doesn't frighten me but you need to be aware of how it affects other people and allow for that connection that you might not have yeah and we try that too maybe joseph and i sometimes we fail if if you're our, our necessary rage um but this is an, an example of a movie that you know uh, i rank low on my list great but look what it did for this person yeah. allow that to happen yeah, I think, there. yeah, th- this is powerful. This is a powerful story uh, to me mm. a- about Star Wars being a uh, a vehicle for communication. Mm-hmm. But it does it does resonate with me even more because it is about a product. Yeah. And, you know, it's somebody who has got a lot of joy and mm. out of like action figures. Yeah. Hearing it, it's so easy to go down the dark path and say mm, star wars is just you know mm-hmm. they just do this for to sell things they just do that for yeah. to sell things like yeah they're a company that makes money but those things mean mm-hmm. something to some of us yeah so to so that is powerful and like you're saying tactic clones 
man, I love weird old crazy attack the clones, but it is just a great reminder that we all love different parts of yeah. star Wars. And, and for Kyle, he had this great life experience Yeah, where attack the clones is what made this, uh, made this happen for him. And that's just so awesome. Uh, it's fair to say attack the clones changed Kyle's life because yeah. of that wonderful lunchbox. Thanks Kyle for sharing that power of the light side. Turn to the light because it's there. Because it's there. Yeah. And just a, a quick uh, shout out uh, to people who uh, have added these to uh, this request on Patreon and might still be adding them. I'm just going down the list in the order they were uh, presented and we're going to be sharing one each week and we hope yeah. to keep uh, sharing them for a long time because it's, it's really, really powerful mm. to hear these individual life tales. It's kind of like a deli counter. You'll get your sandwich, <laughs> the number you took. Yeah. Um, audience questions are next. We go to our social sites and uh, get some questions from you and our Patreon page. Landon Davis from Facebook. I've seen the rise of Skywalker five times in theaters and each time I've seen it, I swear I've witnessed something that I haven't seen anyone talk about. I could be absolutely crazy, but in the very last scene with Ray on Tatooine, she ignites her new lightsaber made of her own staff. Obviously everyone knows it turns yellow. However, right before the blue, uh, right before the yellow blade ignites, you can see into her lightsaber through these tiny ventilation holes. I swear those holes flicker blue, then green before the yellow ignites. I'm wondering what this means for Ray as a character and for the story overall. But uh, can she change the color of her saber? Is it a tribute to Luke and Leia? Please help. Again, I've noticed it each time I've watched it and have specifically looked for it. Hopefully my eyes aren't deceiving me. Thanks for all the entertainment and positive you guys bring to this community. Community, May the force be with you. Thank you, Landon. So I have not seen this because I have not looked for it. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. I want to think that I saw like one other person talking about it on social media, but uh, I will trust Landon's eyes. Uh, Landon has seen it multiple times. I think it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to me, the way I would interpret it is just that, I feel like that whole scene in a lot of Rise of Skywalker is about the argument from Kylo from the bad guy mm. had been kill the past. There's nothing useful there. Yeah. And I think Ray's perspective, the movie's perspective is let's look at what has come before so we can take what is valuable to us and move into the future. Yeah. And this is yet another way to say uh, if a part of her power up sequence is to see the color of previous lightsabers yeah lightsabers of the past before uh before her unique color that speaks to her ignites you know or is that is that the kyber crystal right cycling through the Mm. history of of the jedi you know yeah whatever the like sort of uh, fun technical reason when we get a visual dictionary that has that lightsaber in it and uh whatever the technical answer is to me it just supports that theme of ray is building on the past yeah but the present and the future are hers and the colors reflect that. I like that. I'm going to be looking for it. Landon, I spent many years in the eighties, mid eighties swearing to all uh, that is holy that an X-wing crashed into the shield generator around the death star. It didn't happen, but I have hope that you saw what you, you believe you saw. <laughs> Kelly Bosch uh, writes this. I would love to hear you talk about the idea of two from one. It really hit me after the second viewing. Two wayfinders from one. The twins from Anakin. A dyad, uh, Ray and Ben from the Force. And perhaps now it reinforces the better together theme or connects to our big three. Yeah, pretty powerful. One of those, what I would call... Direct statements, you know, if you want to look for it in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, uh, what, what, what's Finn say? Alone, alone with friends, alone with friends. Alone with yeah. Friends. 
a lot there. I mean, you can oh, goes all the way back to the Phantom Menace. You must see your symbiote circle. Yeah, it's all there. It's part of the Star Wars DNA. Yeah, I think uh, th- this question from Kelly uh, is part of what really was getting me get me going in our main talk about. Yeah, Luke or Yoda don't say Yoda. I guess you know, or Obi Wan go. Well, mm-hmm. we were wrong about attachment, but I feel like a movie emphasizing that everyone draws strength from one another yeah. and that of course two are better than one is the mm-hmm. Jedi learning and the philosophy of star yeah. Wars uh, being presented that the Jedi were wrong. Attachment is a, is more of a strength than a weakness. Um, yeah. And I think it, it just, it, it taps into uh, that feeling of mythic. Yeah. Like, and I understand some of the criticisms that the, that the dyad just kind of gets thrown out there. Yeah, and maybe sure. it could have been dramatized in a different way, but is a concept. Yeah. Answering this question of what, what is the deal with Ray and Kylo? Like, well, they're unique in the force. They're, they're two that are one mm. that they are, that they share so much, mm. um, that they are, they're truly united, you know, Lando giving Poe the information of, uh, or the advice of like, well, how did you win yeah. when we had one another? Mm-hmm. The movie is not subtle about its yeah. its message. The two sabers. Uh, we right, get, right. We get the contrast after after Palpatine learns he doesn't need to possess one of them. He's like, great. Yeah. And now I will take the power and be the one the true one. emperor. He underlines one mm. to emphasize that idea mm. of yeah. being isolated yep. is in, in Star Wars philosophy is... Not the ideal. Being together and drawing strength from others is the ideal. And and I feel like the dyad is a is a big part of presenting that idea and making sure it's really on the surface of clear, the film. Very clear. Yeah. So you can't miss it. So great question, Kelly. It also proves that the Spice Girls had it right when they sang Two Became One. Uh, <laughs> it all goes back to Spice World. Chris Lilly from Patreon. Hey, guys. Couldn't possibly love your show anymore. Quick question about Rise of Skywalker. When Ray knocks over the Vader shrine, the helmet falls on the ground next to Kylo and Kajimi, and he figures out she's in his quarters. Then he just walks away. So he left Vader's helmet just lying there on Kajimi. Was it destroyed when Kajimi was destroyed? Uh, this is a great question. It's one of those technical yeah. things because I, you know, sometimes you're like, you know, did his helmet get his, his, his Kylo's helmet get destroyed in Force Awakens? Was it picked up because he doesn't have it in the lightsaber fight? So does, was Hux like, because Snoke tells him, go get Kylo. And his mask. And his mask. We, didn't, we didn't hear. He got a second call from Snoke. So yeah, get, get, pick up the mask too. I want to make fun of him for it. Pick up the mask. Yeah, so there's <laughs> a lot of that there. So. I gotta met and 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 there was in one of the drafts of Trevor's script, right, or maybe both, where he throws the mask away, right? Yeah. So uh, maybe Kylo does that here. I don't need this, but I I think someone picked it up. Yeah. yeah. I think the story that I want it to be is that when Kylo stomped away, he's like, whatever he says in that line, or yeah. get my ship ready. He's like, and he's like, and you pick up the mask, pick up the mask, because then. I think tracking it, the mask would have returned to the steadfast, yeah. the starter story that we see, the first order starter story that we see. Hmm. I, I looked it up. I believe this is correct. Could be wrong, but I believe it is that same ship that uh, Pride takes to Exegol. Yeah, which means if the mask was on that ship, it's now debris on Exegol. Yeah, which seems like a good resting place for Vader's helmet. Yeah, I'm pretty safe to say the helmet's out of circulation now. Yeah. <laughs> but a great question, Chris. I love when we wonder about those little details. Jack Cossidy. 
Uh, main show question. Hey, Force Center, bit of fun headcanon question. I was thinking about how Rise of Skywalker has impacted the story of Last Jedi, specifically the moment Kylo sliced Snoke in twine. Now that we know Palpatine had his part in Snoke's presence, I'd like to think that perhaps Pop, Pop, Papa Palps anticipated <laughs> this in accordance to the rule of two. Kylo isn't Sith, but it's Palpatine, Dark Master Sith, pulling the strings to push Kylo further and further towards the dark side, under the Emperor's control. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on this. Do you think Snoke was caught off guard, or was it something more manipulative from behind? Behind the scenes, thank you all, and may the force be with you. This is a great thought starter. A lot of a lot of different things popped in my in my head. What do you have? Yeah, yeah. I I feel like we still don't know for sure if Snoke is a knowing agent of Palpatine, yeah, or if he thinks he has his own agency or, or whatever's right, going on. Right. My interpretation, I love that scene in in the Last Jedi. I think it is about the the hubris yep. of evil. Uh, so I want to believe that Snoke thought he had kylo exactly where he wanted him and thought mm-hmm. he was about to accomplish his goal of of killing yeah the heir to the jedi the heir to the light ray uh, and instead got uh got pwned <laughs> pwned by the you know the child in the mask yeah uh i like that and i i, I would like that to continue to be true that said in the visual dictionary for rise of skywalker yeah i believe it says there's a passage about mm-hmm. uh Kylo defeated his master mm-hmm. going through the traditional rite. So yeah, uh, R I T E right. Um, so I like the, I like the interpretation that Snoke was not aware that he was being played, yeah. but from Palpatine's perspective, he was like, yep, I'll create this puppet of Snoke in some way mm. to, you know, train and abuse Kylo. Yeah. And as a part of the natural process of his training, He'll eventually get pissed and try to kill him. Yeah. And if Kylo manages to kill Snoke, mm. from Palpatine's perspective, it's like, good job. Got it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm training you well. So I, I think that there is going to be some effort to say from Palpatine's perspective, it was a part of Kylo's training. And, and part of his training, again, they do talk about that. Like you said, the visual dictionary. I like the idea that Snoke is kind of Dooku in this moment. Doesn't yes. realize he's he got dookooed. He got dookooed. He doesn't realize he's <laughs> c- created. Maybe he does because some of the stuff that we've seen in the, the comics with Snoke, I believe, are fueled by Palpatine. But maybe he doesn't completely know why. I, I don't know. That's a headcanon thing for me right now. I do like the idea that it was a test, and much like with a lot of tests, and specifically with Palpatine tests. Some of the tests might end up with Vader dead. And then Palpatine's like, well, got my answer. Yep. So if Snoke had done something and killed Bray and killed Kylo or some, you know, he wasn't manipulating it because that's one of Palpatine's strengths back in the day. Hey, sometimes Padme would defeat him in a bit of strategy or a bit of life choices, but I adjust and I go around. So I think he was a little, it was open-ended yeah. in a little bit. And I love the idea of, of Snoke in that moment really believing. But that's our headcanon. I'm sure a lot of people have others as well, other bits of headcanon. Yeah. Thank you, Jack Cassidy, uh, Chris, uh, Lily for that, uh, Kelly, and uh, Landon for sending in those questions. If you have a question or a conversation uh, piece you want to add to the, today's episode, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Like our Facebook page. We're on Instagram. Website is forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. Podcasts available a lot of spots, including iHeartRadio. I still check. I checked. It's still there. Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Tune in. Of course, our home is Anchor. We're on YouTube. A lot of new subscribers to that uh, because uh, of, of recent developments in the Star Wars media landscape. We're, we're still talking about what we can do on that channel. Uh, but right now, just enjoy past episodes, animated databank brawl, and the like there. We have uh, merch at tpublic.com slash user slash four setter and 
uh, Joseph, we got ourselves a Patreon page. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we've been seeing uh, more patrons come in and, and some even uh, bumping up the uh, amount that they support us with. Thank you all so much for that. We've cleared uh, some various uh, goals. Ooh, yeah. So we're uh, making plans and we'll have some news coming soon. If you want to check it out uh, and be a uh, part of supporting us and get access to that uh, Discord where I think we've got a, a good community of, of Star Wars people uh, great, having, yeah. having fun discussions, you can check out it and see if it is for you at patreon.com slash force center. We've got our own stuff like uh, me. I'm at cadnapsock.com and at cadnapsock to find my stuff. I've locked down a stand-up comedy date. I just don't know when I can announce it, but it's fun. Uh, <laughs> if you like gambling, uh, maybe you might get a chance to see me. I'm going to Atlantic City. No, the other one. Um, uh, that's my work. Uh, Joseph, yours. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com for comedy albums and live shows and stuff in particular. Uh, you can always check out the live shows page. I will soon be performing at a Doctor Who convention here in Los Angeles called oh, yeah. Gallifrey One. Uh, and then my uh, monthly show, Game Night Variety Show, here in Los Angeles. So you can check all that out on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. That is it for now. So for all the other drafts that exist, we'll see you next time. This was Force Center. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.